from Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, soon Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and check out our app. If you can find our app now on Android, all you have to do is search worldwidesportsradio.com. It's under review right now from Android and Apple, so it's it's up and down. But uh, you can check out all our shows live by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Speedy, what's up, man? Had a good weekend. I actually got to see my cousins for mm-hmm. my first time in a while. One of them just came back from school. It's funny. They actually were doing a lot of their Christmas decorating. They actually went went to go chop the tree. It actually stored it outside, but waited for him to come back because he's uh, he's the biggest one of the family. So waited for him to go pick it up, and we did that. We baked a lot of cookies, a ton of different varieties of cookies there. You were saying little, that. Yeah. yeah, did a lot of uh, – had a little Christmas party. My oldest cousin, she invited a couple friends over, too. So it was fun. A good, very fun weekend. Well, I didn't have a fun weekend. All I did was shop. I dealt oh, with watching, you know, my Jets lose. And oh, a, lot, a lot to speak about when it comes to sports because it, it fluctuates. With New York sports, you just never know. Who's going to pick up their game and who's just going to fall off? So uh, we will get into that in just a few moments. At 7.30, we'll be talking to 4 for 4 sports betting manager Connor Allen. He's been on the show. Connor's a really, really nice guy. Uh, he's been fighting sickness, so yep. uh, he's coming back. Uh, it's It's been – I mean, I think he had COVID, right? He did have COVID, mm-hmm. yes. He was going to be on two weeks ago with us, mm-hmm. and then uh, – the day the day we had Brian Drake on, he was supposed to be our other guest, which was funny because they, we actually had them out at the same time in July too. That's so right. It would have been a funny coincidence, but unfortunately he couldn't. But he'll be on a little bit later. Uh, at eight thirty, we'll be talking to former Commanders and Giants Pro Bowl linebacker Lavar Arrington. He will be joining us. So if you guys are a Lavar Arrington fan, I used to watch him play, and, and I loved the way he played when he was in Penn State. Uh, this guy was a top three draft pick, and a lot of people were comparing him to Ray Lewis when he came into the league, and obviously he did have a really good career, but not the greatest career because of injuries and obviously the team he played for. But uh, we will get into that with him a little bit later in the show. Uh, we will get into Carlos Correa. Fails his physical with the Giants. Uh, after getting offered almost $350 million, he obviously gets dropped and signs after that within hours, signs a 12-year deal worth about $315 million to the New York, to, to, to the New York Mets. I almost said Giants. <laughs> to the New York Mets. So uh, the Mets uh, making noise. Uh, we are going to get into that in just a few moments. I have my own thoughts to it. Uh, there are good thoughts and probably more bad thoughts to the signing. The Yankees announced Aaron Judge as the 16th K 
captain of the New York Yankees, obviously, existence. Uh, he gets his $360 million contract, nine years. He signs his contract and then ta- speaks to the media. So we will get into that. Dansby Swanson signs with the Cubs. Seven-year, $177 million. I know his wife plays uh, professional sports over there in, yep. in, in Chicago. I think that had a lot to do with why he signed over there in Chicago. One of the best women's soccer players in the country right now. Yep. Jalen Hurts dealing with the sprained shoulder. Could miss the rest of the regular season. That's not going to be a big deal. It, it really isn't. Uh, heal him up for the playoffs. Uh, the Jets fall 20-17 to to the Lions. Uh, we'll stick with Zach Wilson Thursday for... Uh, obviously, the Jaguars. And then Week 15 recap, update, playoff picture, and Argentina you were right. wins the World Cup. I, I, I called it before the World Cup started. I had Argentina, and Argentina finally wins a World Cup with Lionel Messi. So I'm happy for him. Uh, he, he says he, he wants to play for one more World Cup. He will be 39 if that happens. Yeah, so. he's going to try. I don't know. Again, he's, between all the other tournaments, he'd he be plays the for, oldest player I think in history. Yeah, he would be. And again, he's again, it's four years away. He's playing in a lot of other leagues right now. He just signed an extension with the biggest French league right now. So. Wasn't he going to Miami to play? He in the was. Summer? He was originally. I think he spurned that deal now, and he's going back to the uh, the French league, the same league that uh, Mbappe just left. I think last year. Money so, talks, yeah. baby. Money now, talks, and Mbappe is. Some player, man. This guy's going to be the best player in the world if he's not a top four player yet. And I think he is. But uh, he's definitely going to be the number one player in the whole world in the next two or three years. Uh, as everybody knows, Ronaldo, Neymar, and obviously Messi, these guys are getting older and probably are going to retire soon. Ronaldo, I think, is 35. Yeah, yeah. And he just got a $300 million contract. Yeah, he's a, he didn't even play much minutes in this World Cup either. He was mostly the young guys leading Portugal. But Mbappe, That's why they lost. Mbappe, talk about grace under pressure. Three goals in that game. And then Lionel Messi yeah. uh, scored two goals. Yeah. And, and he was a big part of that uh, shootout as well. So uh, congratulations to Argentina. So why don't we get into it? I I know a lot of people were texting me and sending me things all over Twitter and Facebook and Instagram all day today telling me, did you see what the Mets did? And I didn't even know that he failed the physical in Carlos Correa. I had no idea until we heard that he signed with the Mets. And and you, you look at the Mets and the Mets... It was an up and down off season. It hasn't been a, a real, you know, smoke show of an off season. Everybody thought the Mets were going to go out there and spend a lot of money, and uh, obviously they they brought in Justin Verlander, an older pitcher, just like Max Scherzer, two guys that played with one another um, in Detroit and didn't win a championship over, uh, over there in Detroit. Then Scherzer goes to the Nationals, he wins a championship over there, and then obviously. Uh, Verlander goes to Houston and wins a championship or two over there. So both players, when they were at the elite level, never won a championship together. So they're both with the Mets, and you have, you know, obviously a senior citizen, you know, pitching staff. And and you look at their lineup, and they missed, and they lost some pieces this offseason, not major pieces, but they were you know, obviously trying to figure out if they were going to bring in a third baseman, bring in a second baseman to play, because yeah, Lindor is obviously going to be their shortstop for the next seven, six years. And when you hear Carlos Correa's name get announced that he gets traded 
I mean, I'm sorry, signs with the New York Mets for a 315, 12-year, 315 million dollar deal. You wonder. Now, obviously, Uncle Stevie likes to open up his mouth, and and I I don't care what Jeff is saying over here on the feed. I'm not jealous of the Mets. Why would I be jealous of the Mets when the Yankees are still a better roster? So I I don't know what he's talking about, what he's speaking about. I I don't care. Honestly, I'm speaking the truth on this because that's what I do on this show. I don't sit back and put my tail between my legs or say something that comes out of my mouth that I don't know, a.k.a. Jeff. And then when you say something on this show and you say it in a way that Jeff wants to attack it, he'll attack it over and over and over again because that's the type of person he is. Was this move a feasible move for the New York Mets? That's the question. Now, we know Cohen has a lot of money. We know he likes to open up his pockets. He's $100 million over the, the cap now. So we know he is going to open up his pockets. And I like Carlos Correa. He is a good player. And this, obviously, signing reminds me of a player that was obviously signed by the New York Yankees. If you remember... In the mid-2000s, or early 2000s, the Boston Red Sox bring in Alex Rodriguez, if everybody remembers that. And then they couldn't come to a negotiation, or the major league, MLB didn't like it. So they had to let go or not agree to contract terms. And who swarms in? The New York Yankees. And the Yankees sign A-Rod because they spoke to A-Rod and said, you're a shortstop, you're one of the best shortstops in the league, but we're going to move you to third base because we need a third baseman. Derek Jeter is our third, our shortstop for the future, for moving forward. Carlos Correa is nowhere close to the player Alex Rodriguez is. Not even close. But it, it it's it's kind of like this. Now, Alex didn't fail anything, obviously, uh, when it comes to his physical. had nothing to do with the physical. But it, it's so fitting when you talk and you speak about the, the Yankees and the Mets, and now everybody's calling the Mets the evil empire. They're not the evil empire. Stevie Cohen wants to win a championship, and he thinks by digging into his pocket, pockets, it's going to help him. It's going to give him the quickest movement or advancement to get them where they want to go. But if you're a Yankee fan, or if you're a, a Red Sox fan over the years, or other teams in professional sports, buying players are not the answer. It never works. It never did, and it never will. The way and the secret of winning championships is building through your farm system. Now, I'm not blaming the Mets, because the Mets... Had you know, obviously had Brody Van Wagen in over there. It, it over the last couple of years, they didn't build their farm system the way they they thought they could when Brody was there, and they have a lack of a good farm system now. Supposedly, they're rated, I think, ranked in a top eleven or top ten now in the MLB. That's great, but they have no players, no big names that are going to come up in the near future, except. Obviously, Beatty, who obviously they have practically taken away his position because they're moving Carlos Correa over there. So either they're 
planning to trade Beatty for a pitcher, which quite possibly could happen, or they're going to move him in the outfield. Moving him to a position he's never played or hasn't played since high school. Now, I don't know what the Mets organization wants to do. Are are they trying to build an all-star team around the field where they have a there's no way they can't compete for a championship or there's no way if there's an injury here or, or there that they can't still win? I don't know. I, I don't know what their plans are. I don't I don't know what Steve Cohen or Epler is trying to do here. The Carlos Correa move was a reach. That is a reach. Signing a player, yes, he's 27 years old, right? 27. 28 years old, yep. He's 28 years old. That means he signs a 12-year deal. That that means he's a Met for until he's 40 years old. This is another player that's making over $300 million on a team. You still have to sign Pete Alonso. What are you going to pay him? He's your best player. You should be trying to negotiate a deal with Pete Alonso. Instead, you're, making a, you're, you're, you're signing a player that's not even a part of your organization. And this has been the problem for the Mets for years, Speedy. For years. Look at Jake. Jake didn't want to be a Met. I understand that. Met fans are going to complain and they're going to say, Jake didn't want to be a Met. That's fine. He's been the face of the organization for seven years. He is the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. It's not even an argument. But they couldn't sign their own player, so they bring old man Verlander in and pay him $43 million a year for the next two years. And I understand what Met fans are going to say. They're going to say, they're short-term deals. It's still $43 million. Does this win them a championship? Does this make them better than they were last year? Who knows? You don't know if these guys are going to stay healthy. Now, I'm not taking shots at Uncle Stevie for opening up his pockets. Nobody should. Is it a good move for the Mets? Absolutely not. And I keep hearing, well, we could still get Otani. And we could still get Soto. You're going to pay Otani $550 million? You're going to pay Soto $450, $500 million? What's your cap going to be? Over $250 million? There's no way. There's no way. As as rich as Uncle Stevie is, there is no way he's doing that. He obviously knows he has no chance at Otani and no chance at Soto. So he had to do something. He had to make a splash. And when, when Correa became available, and supposedly they were interested in Correa for the last couple of weeks before he signed with the Giants. Nobody knew about it. He failed his physical, and they I don't know what, what the physical said. Obviously, they didn't care, and they signed him. Now, only time will tell anybody if this was a good move. He's a great playoff player. Fantastic. He really is. Fantastic playoff player. Is he a fantastic playoff player in the National League? Is he a fantastic playoff player on the New York Mets? The Mets are still not the best team in their division. Philadelphia is just as good or better. That roster is much better when it comes to top to bottom. Hit you know from first to, to first to ninth. The, the Mets can't match that offense when healthy, and and the Braves is probably the best out of all of them because they have so much depth in their farm system. But we sit here today. 
And Mets fans are happy. They don't care. It's not their money. They're not going to be happy five years down the road, Speedy. Well, yeah, Mets fans are, are happy because we're finally dealing with a, an owner that's going to spend relentlessly. It's not the Wilpots anymore. They survived the Wilpons for years and years where they weren't spending on big-name free agents really since Beltron and Delgado, and they were signing all these older outfielders, so now they're doing the other extreme. Now, you're yeah, right, uh, it's $100 million more than the next team. It's kind of reckless where to, to the point where he's going to have to deal with a lot of taxes in the future. Now, what that'll mean for... Down the road, it might be hard for them to be able to go to, to have a consistent winner. Now, the next five years, yeah, the window is there. Mm-hmm. Carlos Correa is absolutely. Carlos Correa is twenty-eight years old, and again, he's had some injury issues in his career. That's the thing that worries me the most about the short term because his injury history is very similar to Aaron Judge, where he had his rookie year he didn't play as uh, he played ninety-nine games, but he came up later in the season. So he was pretty healthy that year, and then twenty sixteen he was healthy, but after that, it was only really recently he always he, hit for average. He yeah. always did. He's a good hitter. He really is, and he, he hits for power for the position that he plays. Right. Now you're moving to third base, so you're going to have to hit for more power because the third base and the first base are power positions. You're supposed to hit 30 home runs. Now, Correa can do that, but even as a second baseman shortstop when he was over there in Houston slash uh, with the Twins, what did he hit last year, 27? 22 home runs, 22. That's not enough. Yeah. That's not enough for a, for a guy that's making $26.5 million and getting a 12-year deal. He needs to do more. Yeah. Now the 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 actual deal itself that was kind of mixed on because I do think the 25 uh, 26.25 million dollars a year is actually not bad value. Mm. I I I, I, I agree. Wor- I was worried they were going to give him 30. That was the biggest thing I was concerned with when they were very interested in him earlier in the offseason. But 26.25 I actually think is pretty good. Is it the bargain that the Phillies got for Turner? No, but I do think it's good for that. Now, 12 years? 12 years is concerning because of his injury history. Now, again, maybe it becomes more affordable if they're going to be another the line, I don't know. He's going to be another Bobby Bonia. I hope not, but again, he yeah. is going to be another Bobby Bonia. So hopefully, because of the way the shorts, they're still paying is, Bobby. Yeah, I know, and they're going to at the end of the at the end of Lindor's contract. They're still going to pay him for I think two more years. Thank God for the Baltimore Orioles. They finally had they decided to do it with Chris Davis now. So they won't be the they're not the the Mets aren't the only. He's one not now. even in the league anymore. No, I know, but they they gave him the expanded contract that. for the yep. Bobby Bonilla. So he's actually going to get be paying after Bobby Bonilla. So the Mets aren't the only one anymore. But regardless, that's the only thing that worries me. If they do have to trade him down the line, if he does have to deal with all the injury issues, and that's the same thing the Mets are going to have to deal with everybody on this team. So they do have the star-studded lineup. It's a, an approach that's very similar to. You see with the Rams in the NFL that it worked. They got the Super Bowl, but now they're crashing and burning. The Mets might have to deal with that down the road if they do have to do with that, if they can't replenish the farm system like you were saying. So we'll have to see how many draft picks they end up losing. I believe they will. Okay, I, I think the Mets they have a lot of money behind them. Uncle Stevie is going to open up his pockets to get the stats and, and, and statistics that are going to bring in the right players when it comes to obviously drafting them. And, and that's great. But when we, when we talk and we speak about the draft and, and where some of these teams, the Mets have drafted two players in the first round for the last two years. And, and obviously remember one of the, their pitchers that yeah. decided to you know, take a dive and go back and play college baseball. And this has happened. The Yankees, it's happened with Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole was drafted by the Yankees. Uh, he wanted to go and play for UCLA. Right. He wanted to play college ball. So he went back and played college ball, and then he went back into the draft, and he was he was drafted by Pittsburgh, I think the number one pick. So that happens. Okay, that, that happens. But we sit here today, and, and Mets fans are so happy about this. I mean, there are things that have to or maybe should worry you about this signing. But again, Uncle Stevie is going to open up his pockets. He is not done 
I'm sure they're not going to be done. Not, I mean, as far as the offseason, they're done. But they might add a relief pitcher here and right. there. They lost Seth Lugo. I mean, Seth Lugo didn't look good last year. But for, for years, he was a big, like important part yeah. of their bullpen. Mm-hmm. He goes to San Diego. Their bullpen is very, uh, what I would say, dry. Okay? Mm-hmm. They don't have a good bullpen. So their lineup is going to produce, but they have nothing in their bullpen, and they have a senior citizen rotation, okay? Which you don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to hear, well, Verlander won the Cy Young last year. He had one of his best seasons last year. Okay. He also played for one of the youngest pitching, uh, you know, rotations in baseball. He didn't have to pitch as much. He could, He did. But that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that concerns me is their management of him because he's an older pitcher, too. Because Scherzer had two injuries since last year. And if they try to make him the workhorse like they did with Scherzer, it's going to be very hard to do. And that's why I was hoping they would try to get more depth, too. I don't know how, again, Uncle Stevie might be still relentless to, uh, to spend more. I don't know. But, again, there's going to be a lot of taxes that go down the road if they have to do that. Now, that being said, the Mets haven't done well with high-priced relievers either. So maybe they're kind of surrendering that approach. And maybe Buck Showalter being there, he's seen the progression that the Mets' bullpen was still pretty stable in the second half of the season even amidst that. But, again, it's, a, it's an approach that's very top-heavy. It reminds me of what the Phillies did a couple years ago when they started spending all that money in 2019. Did it work for them? Yeah, they got into the World Series this year, but they also had a couple bad years before that. So that's the all-in approach that's going to happen. The Mets are not a well-oiled machine yet, but they're definitely a relentless spending team, and Uncle Stevie's proving that. I, I sit here today, and I and I and we, we speak about the New York teams, and both teams have done very well this offseason. Mm-hmm. Adding Carlos Gray, the Yankees added Rodon, and obviously Aaron Judge, he, they name him captain, and congratulations to Aaron Judge. He well deserved. Derek Jeter was at the announcement and he was at the press conference. Uh Derek Jeter is now I, he's not working with the Yankees, but I'm sure as uh, they move forward the Yankees will bring him in as something. He he will be doing something with the Yankees organization. Now that he's not working for Miami anymore or owning Miami anymore because of whatever was going on after the fact. But congratulations to a player that has been the face one of the faces of baseball. Uh, the, the the numbers that he put up last year and the dominance of a player that he was in the regular season. He didn't really produce in the playoffs, and he's going to have to pr- prove himself as a Yankee moving forward, just like Derek Jeter did, is he has to be Mr. Baseball in, in the playoffs. He needs to show up in the playoffs in the important times and hit the ball. He did not do that this year, and, and Yankee fans were booing him. But I don't think that had anything to do with why he wanted to be a Yankee again if you listen to his press conference. And we'll play a little bit of, uh, of it tomorrow. We'll put it together. But Aaron Judge speaks so well when he speaks to the press. He doesn't point fingers. He doesn't you know, share anything important that I can throw one of the players under the bus that happens, in obviously, in the dugout or on the field. Uh, the guy is a pure professional. That's what he is. And that's what you want as your captain. That's what you want as the face of your organization or even the face of baseball. You want a guy that's going to go out there, give 110%, and put his all into it. And that's what he does. And that's why I give him a lot of credit. Now, do I like the nine years, $360 million contract? No. I don't. I don't like the contract. But being the player that he is, and he does a lot of things off the field that will make him earn the box. He is the face of the Yankees organization. Even Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, he, he went to these, you know, obviously off the field, he was going to these auctions and 
all these stuff to try to raise money for his organization, for the Yankees organizations. You have to be the face of the Yankees if you're going to be named captain. And, and, and he's quality and he's qualified to be a player of that magnitude. So I understand why the Yankees look at the $360 million contract and say, I mean, if they win one championship with Aaron Judge in the next nine years and he does all the things on and off the field that you expect a captain to do, that money means nothing. It's money well spent. And Hal Steinbrenner, that's the way he looks at it. And by the way, Hal Steinbrenner at the press conference said something very interesting. He said, words, and I will use these words to settle all Yankee fans because they think that the Yankees are done. We are not done. That's what he said. We are not done. He plans to bring in another bat, and he brings he plans to bring another relief pitcher. So it just shows you that the Yankees are willing to go out there and open up their pockets. Does that help them win a championship? Is that going to guarantee them a championship? No, it never does. And the Yankees were fighting so many injuries in the second half of the season with relief. They're, they lost six relief pitchers in the second half. This was the best relief bullpen in baseball throughout the first half of the season. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And then they fell off, and you saw it in the playoffs. They looked horrible in the playoffs. 162 games is a long time. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot on your body. I still have, I'm still congested a little bit. It's a lot. But you sit here today and you, you go back and forth on who, who won this offseason. I mean, the Yankees and the Mets are definitely on top. But how about this? How about Philadelphia? How about what Philly did? Getting the contract that they they brought Turner in on a great contract in the National League East, which, by the way, just like Bryce Harper, he played in that division practically their whole careers. With a team, by the way, well, Trey did, but he didn't, won a championship with. So you sit here, and, and, and there are other teams that won this offseason. It wasn't the Yankees and just the Mets. Obviously, they made the biggest splashes. The Yankees bringing back Aaron Judge and Carlos Rodon. I mean, those are, you have the best, one of the best pitchers available this offseason in Rodon, the youngest and a lefty, best lefty available, which is hard to find. And then Correa, which is, it's a huge contract. But is it a good one? Only time will tell. I'm not going to take shots and say that the Mets were wrong or right. And I'm not going to judge. Uncle Stevie, because he wants to dig into his pockets. I am not going to attack any player because they're making money. If the team wants to pay him that, by all means, give it to him. Because, mm-hmm. again, he very easily could have gotten a, a drop-off in the market, too, if they realized something about the physical as well. And that's what worried me. Like, something the, wasn't right for yeah, the Giants to back out of it. The, Gi- the Giants announced that earlier yesterday, so I was thinking, okay, they're going to tr- either restructure the deal or it's going to affect the whole market value, so uh, it's, it's going to be tough to tell, but then <laughs> I see uh, Josh texting me and then my family as well, they were texting me that Carlos Correa is a man, I'm like, what? All of a sudden, I know they were interested, but I didn't think that interested. It happened fast, and I think the Mets had a had an in on what was going on with the Giants, and as soon as that broke, the Mets pounced on it, and and it's fine. It's a good move if if they look at the twelve year, twenty six and a half million dollars a year to not be a problem for the next twelve years. I think it's it's a ridiculous contract to give to a player that has been consistently injured. Now he's a great hitter, 
He, he gives you that right-hand power that you need in that lineup. Uh, the Mets have been craving. And by the way, he hits in the playoffs. He's a very good playoff hitter, one of the better mm-hmm. playoff hitters. So it is a good move for where the Mets were in the playoffs last year, and they couldn't hit against the San Diego Padres. So yep. I, it's, it's, it's important to find the right guys that fit in this locker room. And the question is, will he fit in the locker room? Will his personality fit in the locker room with Lindor and Alonzo and Escobar and all the guys that they have in that lineup? Is Escobar coming back this year? Yeah, yeah, he's still there. Yeah, so uh, what, what do they do with Escobar? Mm-hmm. They're going to have to platoon him at, at DH. Uh, just before we go to break, a uh, shout-out to all the fans that are in the comments section. I'm not going to – I don't have time to read all the comments. Now we've got to get Connor on. But uh, yes. shout-out to some of our new fans as well that have entered in our comments section. Absolutely. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen – we will be ta- we will be talking to four for four sports betting manager Connor Allen here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You are listening. To the Sports Lab Mounts. As you know, I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can listen and check out all our shows by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. We have a Buffalo Bills show, a Jets show, a betting show. We have us, the Sports Lab Mounts. We have the Wise Guys from Cincinnati. We've got a crazy lineup of great shows live, so check us out every single week. Happy holidays to all. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy New Year. And now, a guest that we've had on the show, I believe, once, and now twice. We are now talking to 4 for 4 sports betting manager, Connor Allen. Connor, Connor, Connor! What's up, man? Guys, how you doing? I'm just trying to survive out here in Chicago. I mean, it is brutally cold yeah. for the next few days. I love that. Uh, I love yeah, the cold. But, but uh, you know, alive and well for now. You're in the house. What are you complaining about? <laughs> I mean, to walk the dog twice a day. You know, yeah. you see some sunshine. Well, it is. I think tonight it's about 29 degrees here in in Long Island. So it's not far. I'm sure it's like in the teens over there by you, but. Uh, and we're supposed to get a big windstorm, a rainstorm on Thursday going into Friday. So it'll be interesting. It'll be definitely an interesting weekend, uh, holiday weekend. Uh, how are you and your family doing? Are you getting ready for the holidays? Yeah, great. I'm actually about to <laughs> head out to Mexico here in about five days oh, wow. with my family. So I go. will escape the cold. I can't complain too much. You're right. Um, but Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Because nothing, you know, says Christmas like going to Mexico, right? Yes. <laughs> well, it's it's something that you could do with your family. So I I respect that, and I think uh, something that I need to do. I need to go on a nice vacation. I need to get you know with with uh, the the ocean clear where I could see my feet. I don't like going into the ocean. As a matter of fact, I'll probably only go feet feet in because of the sharks and. I don't like sharks. Is the one I'm not scared of anything, but I, I hate the fact that you're going to the water and something could just grab you and pull you under. That's something I don't like. I could deal with crocodiles and alligators because you could see them attacking you. The sharks, you, you don't know when they're coming after you. Except you ever been like snorkeling up. or scuba diving? Absolutely, or I have. Yes. Yeah. But the Bahamas, I, I, I really didn't like it. By the way, I. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question because you mentioned you're going to Mexico. I know they do with Halloween. They do right after Halloween. They do the, like the Day of the Dead thing with that tradition. There is it. Is Christmas celebrated differently down there? 
Um, no, well, I mean, I'm going to Cancun, so it's mostly okay. like American washed as is. Um, gotcha. But, you know, New Year's Eve is obviously a blast. Christmas around then, it's usually a lot of fun. They still celebrate plenty. It's uh, not quite the same as in the U.S., but uh, they put on a good show. Wow. And we, we put on a good show over here, and we're happy to have you on our show. So why don't we get into it? So here in New York, a lot of Jeff fans are upset with Zach Wilson, the whole Mike White thing. And I sit back, and I, I've contradicted myself over and over again with the quarterback play for the New York Jets. And honestly, I think both quarterbacks are not the future for the Jets. That's just my opinion. But... I think Robert Sala has an argument, especially this past week when he said, "This is you, you, you make Zach Wilson look like instant coffee. That's what he is. He's instant coffee. You, you, he has a bad couple of weeks. You want to get rid of him. When he has a couple of good weeks, you love him. Why can't you just let him develop? Why can't you? They, we believe he's going to develop. We believe he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. Why don't you just let him develop? So." What are your thoughts? Do you believe that Robert Sala has something? Does he believe, really believe that Zach Wilson is the guy if, if you give him a chance to just develop? Or do you really think he's just trying to protect himself because he's going to be looking for a quarterback in free agency in the offseason? I think regardless of how Zach Wilson plays, they will be looking for you know a Jimmy G type of quarterback in free agency. But uh, if you look at the schedule that they dealt Zach Wilson, absolutely brutal, like murderer's row of pass defenses. And then they give Mike White a pretty easy strength of schedule. And now we get Zach Wilson back against Detroit, uh, who has not generally played good pass defense. Uh, and now this week, Jacksonville, currently right now one of the worst pass defenses in the league as of late. Uh, so he's another great chance to prove himself and continue to do so. I think my biggest concern with Zach Wilson in general is that the baseline on a play-to-play level is just so low. Like, you have no idea what you're going to get. The upside is there. I mean, he made some awesome throws last week. Yeah. But the, just the, the floor and the, one of the interceptions he had last week was atrocious. And mm. we see it week to week. It's just like one of those things where he breaks and he doesn't play within the system all the time. When he plays within the system, which we saw against Buffalo actually before he got benched, he looked all right. He was fine. But if he, he doesn't do that enough. And if he... And that's what something that Mike White does really well. And that's why he looks competent because the scheme is solid, but he plays within it. Zach Wilson just doesn't. And so it doesn't all the time. And so if he can do that a little bit more, use his strengths, he could definitely develop. But I'm just not sure that Salah kind of waits out that boat there with the rest of the roster looking pretty good. Yeah, uh, my, my question is with Zach Wilson. My, my biggest, biggest issue is sometimes he went to his first read too much and he force-fed certain receivers, and that caused a big debate on fantasy football Twitter of whether they should start Garrett Wilson. I still did in one of my leagues, uh, and he still he was all right, 98 yards, four catches, but you saw him spread the ball around better in this game. Jeff Smith, four catches, 77. Elijah Moore, four for 51. It wasn't really that same kind of thing, even though his overall numbers weren't amazing. So do you think that's a big step in his progression? What do you think that means for the rest of the skill players? Yeah, definitely. And then you also have, uh, looks like Corey Davis is also going to play this week as well. It was just cleared. So, you know, the more weapons he has, the better. And they're developing, you know, the rest of the roster around him. And we've seen other quarterbacks succeed. Uh, you know, I think Jared Goff is a great example. When they have great weapons, like they're actually able to play, be a competent quarterback. Uh, you know, even though I'm not necessarily sure, I think he's a great quarterback at this current point in time. If you give him enough weapons, if you see him kind of distribute the ball a little bit more, not go do his first read, uh, you know, I think that he can hook, he could be successful. As everybody knows, we are talking to 4 for 4 sports betting manager Connor Allen. Connor, when we look at New York sports and and football, everybody forgets that there is a New York team up there. 
and that's the Buffalo Bills. And everybody since the beginning of the season said that Buffalo Bills are the favorites coming out of the AFC East. When you look at Kansas City and you look at some of these teams that could sneak into the playoffs, maybe the Baltimore Ravens, if Lamar Jackson comes back and he's healthy, uh, then obviously the Bengals, what Joe Burrow's doing right now, his numbers are just just growing and, and the offense is just growing. Do you really believe that the Buffalo Bills are the favorites of coming out of the AFC still? Or it could be other teams, or you you think it to be other teams? Uh, I think at this point for me, it's probably the Chiefs. Um, and that's because we saw the Chiefs kind of go through, uh, you know, like a setback early on. So we, we had the question of, okay, without Tyreek, how are they going to be able to move the ball? Kelsey's aging. Um, but then they, they figured out how to spread the ball out and be more multiple, you know, with... Juju Smith-Schuster with Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Now they signed Kadarius Tony. They're getting Jarek McKinnon more involved. Like they kind of already faced their hurdle as an offense to the point where I think that, you know, by the time playoffs are rolling around, that they are the team to beat at this point. Now their defense is not as good as some of the other teams you mentioned. Their defense is not all that great, but I think their offense at this point is the most potent when things are clicking on all cylinders. Um, Buffalo, I, I like Buffalo. I think that they're awesome. Josh Allen is, you know, not been the same since his week nine UCL injury. Like he's been good. He's not been bad. He he's regressed. Hasn't quite been the same. He's so. definitely regressed. He yep. definitely And has. so maybe that's was just natural. Maybe it was the teams they were playing. Uh, I still buy a buyer of Buffalo. I think that they're going to be good. I'm just uh, right now. I'd have the chiefs a slight step above them. So uh, Jalen Hurts, we heard, has a uh, shoulder sprain. It wasn't as serious as a lot of people thought, but again, he, the Eagles are going to manage it accordingly. He could be out for the rest of the regular season. So uh, two things about that, one of which, how do you think he will come back in the playoffs? Will they try to use him the same way with the running especially? And two, fantasy owners of Jalen Hurts, a lot of them in the f- playoffs right now. Is there any quarterbacks they should be looking at? Yeah, it's just tough because – so I I mean, right now, we don't know for sure if Jalen Hurts is out. I will say I'm almost certain that he's out. Um, for this week, did not practice at all today. Yesterday's report of him practicing was just in a walkthrough. That was not actually true. So he, I ex- very much expect him to be out this week. Good chance that he plays against the Saints for multiple reasons because uh, they own the Saints draft pick. Them winning obviously has massive implications going forward and obviously locking up number one seed, playoff implications there. So there are multiple reasons why I do think that he ends up playing in the following weeks. In terms of his usage, um, I mean, you see a lot. Like Josh Allen came back like, not a whole lot changed. Like these guys are such big competitors and like athletes that like you put him in there. I mean, he had, he suffered the injury in like the third quarter and he was still out there just balling because he's such a tough player. So, you know, like you, these guys are so competitive that I think you put them out there. They're just going to kind of do them. So I wouldn't be too worried. Maybe they run a few less designed runs, but Justin or uh, Jalen Hurts will still get his in, on the fantasy aspect. If you don't have him though, maybe like a Brock Purdy lean you could go with. Um, it looks like Malik Willis is going to be in line to start. I mean, he runs a lot. I don't think he's a very good quarterback, but you know, for fantasy, you could do worse. Yes, you can. You could definitely, definitely do worse. When you look at the the NFC, and and obviously the Cowboys losing that game against Jacksonville, everybody keeps ranking on Dak Prescott. He's not a good quarterback. He made mistakes. I thought Dak played pretty well. I don't think it had anything to do with Dak on why they lost that game. I think it had everything to do with their so-called elite defense that were not elite against Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, is playing great football right now. Is there a team right now, and I... I don't think the Vikings are it, okay? I'm sorry. I don't believe in the Vikings. I, I really don't. Is there a team besides, everybody says San Francisco, that can knock off the Eagles? Is there a particular team that stands out to you right now in the NFC that can knock off a healthy Philadelphia Eagles team? Oh, man, this is tough because the the NFC is just, 
I don't know, really kind of a dumpster fire because you're looking at the Vikings who you mentioned are massively overrated. I think it has to be the Niners if if we get competent quarterback play out of Purdy just because the system around him is just so good. Like the defense is awesome. The pass catchers are fantastic. The scheme is awesome. So like in general, but then like you're looking at the fifth best teams in terms of odds to win the NFC. The Bucks are the fifth best team and like the Bucks have looked largely horrible for most of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Six and eight. Well, a 17 point. Uh, you know, lead. And then, like, pass that the Lions. I mean, they're doing better, but, like, do I really think that they're a competitor? So, I think the Eagles and 49ers are kind of, like, in their own range. The the Cowboys a little bit. Uh, you know, their their defense, as you mentioned, is really not as good as they 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 have been. Uh, they're just a little bit more susceptible. And the Vikings, I mean, probably the worst 11-win 11 11 team, like, in NFL history at this point. Oh, I agree with you, by the way. Uh, so I want to go. I want to go back to Brock Purdy on the 49ers. So obviously we saw George Kittle finally break out this week after he had a really rough year when it came to receiving. A lot of fantasy owners didn't like that, and uh, Debo Samuel being hurt right now. So what? So what have you? What do you expect from this offense, both in the playoffs and for the rest of the season? Now that they've clinched the NFC West with Brock Purdy, and can you see him maybe long term being the guy? Uh, that's tough because he has been playing pretty well, but uh, like with these types of things, it's tough to know whether he's just a product of, you know, the circumstances and like kind of what he has around him. I imagine that they're probably going to try and look elsewhere unless he plays like amazing, you know, like I I'm sure that they, if you get them just like some above average quarterback who can manage the game, I, I mean, kind of like Jimmy G uh, you know, they're going to consistently be a playoff contender. They went for the big home run with Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, so far a swing and a miss, but you know, I understand why they did that because he had the upside to potentially like win games his own. He didn't need the system around him. If everything hit that obviously has so far not turned out to be the case. Um, but in, in terms of going forward for San Francisco, they play Washington this week at home, seven point favorites. Uh, Washington has a great run defense, but I do expect San Francisco just to keep relying on Christian McCaffrey in the passing game, in the running game, just be like the focal point of their offense. Um, especially with, you know, some of their other players in the mend right now. So, uh, as long as they have success running the ball, I think Brock Purdy will be fine. If it's relying just on Purdy, I mean, we haven't really seen that. I have some questions about that, and maybe we get to see it before the playoffs. And I think that that'll help answer a lot of questions about kind of like, if they get punched in the mouth, what happens? How does this offense respond? And that's the most interesting question from an all, because when you go, you go back and forth and you look at San Francisco, Purdy could be the answer. Purdy could be the future of this organization. They drafted him, what, in the sixth round? He could turn out to be another, I don't know, Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but who knows? In that system, it could work. He has McCaffrey, Debo Samuel when he comes back. He has uh, he has uh, Kittle. He has got so many weapons, and his offensive line is playing elite now that Williams is back. So this is this is the real deal. By the way, we are talking to 4 for 4 sports betting manager Connor Allen. So we look at the Buccaneers, and you mentioned them, and Tom Brady – has not had a bad season. He really hasn't. He's looked pretty good for a guy that's, what, 45 years old or 44 years old. He has come out and said that he he's thinking about playing another year, which is crazy. I Now I've heard stories that he... Uh, if, if the 49ers become available, that that's a team he always, want, he always wanted to play for because he grew up a Joe Montana fan. We also heard that mm, maybe a reunion in the AFC East over there with the Patriots or maybe somebody else. Who knows? Do you believe that this is the last hurrah for Tom Brady? Oh, man. Uh, no, not until I really see it. Like, I think I don't really think he's having fun playing right now, um, which I think does matter a little bit. But um, he's just such a competitor. Like, I mean, he spent what a month at home, you know, whatever, watching TikToks on his couch before he got bored and unretired. You know, like, 
I mean, he's just such a competitor. He lives, breathes football. I think as long as someone wants him, he'll keep playing. And so uh, as of now, like you mentioned, the San Francisco 49ers, if Brock Purdy doesn't work out, uh, I could very easily see them them bringing him in. Multiple other teams that they need a guy who can distribute the ball, who can call plays. Uh, I mean, we even saw it with like the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning's last leg. I mean, Peyton Manning couldn't throw a football 15 yards in the, the year that they finished the Super Bowl. Just, just like, look, at, look at this just number. Just go to the line, tell them what's going on, run the ball, and guide the plays. That's it. That's look all at, you need. Look at these numbers, man. Look at these numbers. 3,897 3, yards, and he still has three games left. So he's going to break 4,000 yards. He's 45 years old. He's going to be. <laughs> he's He's got 20 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and his rating is 89.1. I mean, those numbers are as good as any quarterback in the NFL right now. If you really go up and down some of the best quarterbacks in the league, he's he's still an elite quarterback. He's still a top seven quarterback in the league, even on this terrible Buccaneers team. They have no offensive line. They have no defensive. Well, they, their front seven's pretty good. Their, their linebackers are great. White is a beast. But their secondary's horrible. And, and teams have been eating them up alive in the open field. And Mike Evans, I don't know what's going on with him this year. And Chris Godwin, he's coming off an injury. This isn't the same prolific offense we've seen over the last couple of years when Tom Brady really took over that that offense. Yeah, it's it has definitely been a disappointment, but like you said, it's a lot of the offensive line. We heard a couple weeks ago they said, "Oh, we want to go run heavy, you know, Byron Leftwich was like, "Oh, like that's the the problem, we don't have a running game." And we see it basically every game. They try and go run heavy. We saw it against Cincinnati. And then they get punched in the mouth or they can't run, and then they Tom Brady says, you know, Whatever, we're not doing that anymore. We're just going to throw it every play. And so this happens like almost every game for the last five, six games. I do believe they want to run the ball with Leonard Fournette, with Rashad White, you know, the two promising guys, but they just don't have a good enough offensive line help. They're not able to get a consistent enough push. Um, they might hear, you know, right now, seven point favorites against the Cardinals, who are starting Trace McSorley, who I think is a terrible quarterback. Uh, I don't think this is going to be much of a game at all, even though I don't love the Bucs, but I do expect them to go on a run here. I do expect them to make the playoffs. Um, and like you said, Brady's been playing well enough to, I think, get the job done here in this spot. Yeah, McSorley, I think, came in for one game against the Ravens as like a Wildcat quarterback when uh, mm-hmm. I, not Lamar Jackson, the backup for Lamar Jackson got hurt. I don't think it was Huntley that year. I think it was somebody else. But uh, yeah, I think actually it might have been RG3, I think, that year. And then uh, then uh, I think he came in at that point after his, for his rookie year. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, he can't throw the ball. So right. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. So uh, also, you're a big uh, sports betting guy as well, doing as a sports betting manager at a uh, four for four. Um, so is there any future bets that you like potentially for uh, for playoffs uh, for the playoffs? Playoffs, maybe as a dark horse Super Bowl team that you think is good value. Ooh, that's that's a good question. Uh, I mean, in terms of futures, I did. Um, I think Hertz's status on the MVP race is really important. I laid a bunch on Mahomes at plus money before the news uh, broke there. But in terms of Super Bowl futures, I think you know if a team like the Chargers can sneak in, you know, twenty-two to one right now. I mean. They're capable, certainly, of making a run. I think Justin Herbert's awesome. As long as they're healthy, you know, I think that they're a very interesting team. The Bengals right now have been playing just fantastic. Plus 800, the Super Bowl, they're like, you know, a little bit further down the board. Um, the Lions need to win out, and they're 60 to 1, so I can't really buy in at that price. But, um, I mean, I just don't think they have what it takes to make a true run, like the Bengals or the Chargers potentially there. But still, I mean, the top of the board basically makes sense. Bills plus 330, Eagles plus 475, Chiefs plus 550. Those three are the favorites, you know, for good reason. I think they're if the Lions sneak in, I think they could be very dangerous. I saw them play against the Jets. They're a lot better than people make them out to be. I don't really like their secondary. Their secondary is eh. 
But they they can get at you. They can put pressure on you. They can stop the run. They proved that they could. Hutchinson is a good player. They have some players. They have playmakers. And and, and to me, their offense could be really fantastic. Uh, uh, the Jets are a very good defensive team. As everybody knows, they have probably the best secondary in football. And and, and it, it shows you what the Jets are defensively when they play against uh, Brown and Williams. Remember, Williams hasn't really developed yet. When this guy figures it out, watch how good this team is going to be. And And they can run. Swift can run the ball. Williams can run the ball. They have weapons. So I am not... I'm not going to put out and say the Lions, if they make the playoffs, they can't make noise. They can make noise. And somehow, I'm not saying it could happen, but if somehow Green Bay can run the table and win the next three games and get to nine, okay, get to nine, if the Giants fall off or if the Commanders fall off, they could actually sneak into the playoffs. It's crazy, but they really could. And if they sneak into the playoffs... I, I know they're not the same Green Bay Packers team. It's not because of Aaron Rodgers. It's really because they have a bunch of rookies. Watson looks like he's going to be a player. He, he Christian Watson is going to be a nice player. But everybody else, come on. That that offense is horrible. Jones is a good running back. Good. Their defense it, is atrocious. Too. Their defense is atrocious. But I, I, I have seen this before. We remember when the t- Packers won the won the Super Bowl? Remember that? They came all the way back. They they get it. They sneak into the playoffs, and they were wild. They were six seed wild card. Yeah, team. a tiebreaker into the loss of the Giants yep. and the Buccaneers. They and they go all in. the way and win the Super Bowl because of Aaron Rodgers. So, I know it's the possibilities are like low, like seventy percent no or seventy five percent no, and about twenty five percent yes. Could the Green Bay Packers make the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, right now you're looking at odds, 130 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's a great bet, but a little sprinkle there. You know, if yeah. you think they run the table, they make the playoffs, certainly possible. And as you mentioned there, uh, I mean, the offense is getting healthier. So, like Christian Watson, as you mentioned, he's he is he's a beast. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Romeo Dobbs also, I think, makes a difference. He's another rookie. You know, he's a little bit up and down, but, you know, he can, he can at least matter in some aspects. And then Alan Lazard, healthy as well. Like, he's a fine chain mover. You know, like, that's okay for them. Um yeah, I mean, I think this Packers team could certainly make a run, especially in in an NFC that, you know, I'm I'm not very excited about most of those teams, to be entirely no. honest. Seven teams make it. And right now, the Eagles and the Cowboys are clinching. The Vikings clinched. There is nobody else. And, and, and 49ers. So that's four teams that clinched. There's three other spots. And the Lions are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Giants are 8-5. and five. The Commanders are 7-6. and six. Uh, The Packers are 6-8. and eight. The Saints... Panthers and Falcons are five and nine. They're done. Seahawks seven and seven. I mean, the Seahawks could lose this week and next week against the Jets, and they're completely out. So, uh, yeah, this could absolutely happen. And I am not going to bet against Aaron Rodgers because we've seen this before. When they won the Super Bowl, I think, what was it? In 2010. 10, right? They just got in on a tiebreaker. Both the, them, the Giants, and the Buccaneers were all 10-6. and six and I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. And, and he's, he's that type of quarterback. And, he, and I don't know if he's the quarterback next year because you heard Jordan Love already came out. And I know you heard this. He said that if Aaron Rodgers is here and he's starting next year, trade me. I don't want to be here. So I, they're going to have to make a decision because he's on his yep. rookie co- contract. And if Aaron Rodgers plays next year, you know he's fleeing. He's not staying there. So, and and he looked pretty good when he did get a chance to play this year. 
I think against Philadelphia, if it was. Yeah, um, in the second half. Yeah, it was Philadelphia against a very good defense. So uh, what are your thoughts? Do do you see Aaron Rodgers in the offseason getting traded or going elsewhere? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, just with with ownership, and and there's going to be so much going on behind the scenes that we won't know about that'll just be like, basically it'll be a battle of ownership versus, you know, GM, coaching, like who wants to do what, who matters more. Jordan Love did come in and play pretty well against the Eagles. Mm -hmm. That being said, I believe it was – you know, mostly garbage time at that yes. point, but I think he, he threw a strike to Christian Watson over the middle there. It was like a 75 yard touchdown or something like that right away. So, I mean, the upside has always been there, but outside of that, he's looked pretty bad. Yes. I mean, in li- very, really limited sample, like really limited. So I think there's potential there, but it's, yeah, it's a massive decision for the Packers who, you know, recently gave Rogers a contract. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that it's one of those things that's a toss up. It's going to be one of those things that you're gonna have to monitor behind the scenes and see, hear what people are saying, hear what's going on, because it'll, I mean, ultimately dictate, the future of the Packers, because this team looks a lot different without Aaron Rodgers at the home. So uh, one of the guys that's been rumored to come back for a while, but injury setbacks has been Odell Beckham Jr. We heard the Cowboys were very interested and the Giants were very interested, and now he might not play this season. Do you see him playing this season, or do you think they'll, he'll wait it out until free agency next year? And do you think he'll get paid next year or not, not playing at all? Yeah, I'm skeptical if he comes back this year, but I do think that there's a good chance, like, we see a team, you know, maybe – that makes it into the playoffs, like decides to take the chance on it because you're really, if you're going for a Super Bowl, really like you're not risking that much money, you know, for a guy like that, you're buying low on a player who has like massive upside. And then you also have, you know, probably the first crack at signing him for the following year as well. So um, even if he's not necessarily a big contributor this year, a team that is looking to make a big Super Bowl run, I think could sign him this year. Um, And if they don't, I think that's really telling to a few things, whether he's like really not healthy at all. Like he's like basically no shot of playing this year or, um, you know, they just don't want to work with them at all. And like, there's other stuff going on beyond that. So um, I think that this next, whatever month or so will be very telling into Odell Beckham's future and whether or not he gets paid next year as well. Buffalo. That's yeah. I mean, it would be a great, a great fit. I have a feeling it's Buffalo. I, I am not going to be surprised if you hear at the end of the, the regular season that they signed him to uh, obviously uh, a small little contract for the rest of the season where he's go- he's going for a Super Bowl with the Buffalo Bills and add another weapon to that that unbelievable roster. They just don't have a running game. That's what scares me about Josh Allen. Josh Allen puts his body out too long, and, and he puts himself out where he can really get hurt, and a lot of damage is, is put on that body. He's a big guy. He's got tremendous wheels for a guy his size, so athletic, can jump over anybody, hurdle over anybody. I mean, the guy is amazing, but he hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks. Maybe it was because of the Jets and Huff's hit, and it could very much be that at the end of the season we're going to hear that he needs surgery. Who knows? Maybe they'll just make Isaiah McKenzie the full-time running back if they sign Odell. <laughs> they need to do something. I mean, in the offseason, they definitely – and everybody keeps saying, well, I like this guy Cook, and uh, obviously he's Dalvin Cook's brother, but I, I – I, they don't have their star running back on this roster. Let's be honest. They don't. Don't sit here and try to sell me that because it's it's not true. It's a lie. So uh, if they if they did, they'd be probably they'd have the best record in football, which they're right there with it. I, I mean, obviously, but they're not playing good football. They're really not. They're squeaking by. They they barely beat the Jets. They really got lucky against the Jets because Michael Carter dropped the ball on the fifty yard line. Who knows what could have happened if Mike White could have taken that ball all the way down and scored a touchdown? Who knows? So uh, it, it's crazy. They're they're. I don't know. I, I don't know what they are. What before we let you go? I have one prediction. I want your one prediction on this. Okay, who wins the MVP? Okay, and who goes to the Super Bowl? And wins. 
Oh, that's tough. We're going to go with Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP at this point. Wow. Uh, and I mean, right now he's currently minus 300 to win the MVP, which is insane. Um, I think at this point there's probably value elsewhere. If Josh Allen runs the table, uh, you know, if Joe Burrow runs the table, I think they're both squarely in play as well. And if the, but the Chiefs have to lose a game. And I, given their current schedule, I don't think that's going to happen. So um, I think we're looking at Patrick Mahomes MVP. And I think in the Super Bowl here, uh, we're going to see, I think the Eagles end up making it there. I know it's, it's chalky, but I think the Eagles and, you know, I was talking them up earlier. I'll go with the Chiefs, but yeah, I think okay. that, you know, or the Bills are, are just fine. But I still, I think right now I'll go Eagles, Chiefs, Chiefs win in a blowout over the Eagles, Andy who Reed beats are a little team. bit overrated right now because they have played no one. Andy Reid beats his former team. That's a very interesting one. I love the narrative. Didn't even think about that. I'm yeah. piling on to that. I've thought about anymore. that all year. That. <laughs> I just want to ask before, before we let you go, too. I think uh, since the last time we had you on the show, you actually did do a podcast with uh, two guys we've had on the show. Uh, Ryan Noonan, who we had on the show. And, very uh, nice guy. John Daigle, who's a recurring guy yes. guest of our show. We've had John Daigle. times. <laughs> yeah. so He's married in Chicago. Them. That's right. So what is it like working with them? I just really, really Oh, no, it's <laughs> great. Yeah, they're both uh, both awesome guys there. I, I had to see both of them in person at decent amount uh and you know we get to, you know uh mess with each other a good bit now that we're actually friends in real life so it's it's been a lot of fun you know building some friendships and actually getting to you know mess with each other more than just like a, a regular show you know and getting paid for it why not and getting paid for it yeah there What's you go. Better than that? well we really appreciate you joining us connor maybe we'll get you on a show before the playoffs or during the playoffs with a panel of guys a fantasy guy maybe your guys all three Let's of them it. That would be really, really fun. I've been asking Ryan to come on, too. Have so all says, three uh, of them come on the show. That'll work nice. That'll be really fun, and we'll, we'll have, like, a trivia <laughs> yeah. game for the playoffs or something. And see Perfect. who we'll see who knows more about football. I, that'll be interesting. I, oh, yeah, I, that'd be a great time. I Definitely. I, I, jo, I love when John comes on the show because he, he's got a weird and crazy personality. And and, and when we, we speak about his his girlfriend, I say fiancé, and he gets, like, he gets jumpy. He's like, wait a second. Wait a second! I I just moved here. I, she's my girlfriend. We're not we're not talking about marriage. So I, I love I love that about John. But John and 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 Ryan and all you guys, you you guys are fantastic. Appreciate it. It was a lot of fun coming on here. Uh, you know that'd be fun. Just let me know uh, time and place, and uh, we'll be there. All right, man. Thank you, Connor. Connor Allen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, four for four sports betting manager. Uh, as everybody knows, we've had Connor on the show. We've had Johnny Boy on the show a couple of times. And, yeah, one of the Ryan. two four-time guests we've had. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I love these guys because they know their stuff. They really do. And they're fantasy gurus. And they, their podcast is really, really good, actually. And uh, they get paid for it. Their, their podcast is pretty popular. So... Uh, they have a huge following, and congratulations, Connor, of his su- success, and 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 John, who's been on our show, I think four times, four, four times the, the two most, four time guests. Yeah, him and Matt Musico are the two four time guests. We've Matty boy, yep. how is Matt? I, we definitely got to get Matt on the show to speak about the Correa move. <laughs> yeah. I bet you Matt doesn't like that. I, I'm he doesn't like these long contracts. He doesn't, and uh, to give Correa that kind of contract for for the next twelve years, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Um, it's, it's, oh, it's okay, Connor. Uh, he says he's sorry that he uh, closed the Laurel. No, no big deal. No, no big no deal. No big deal at all. Not Thank at you, all. Thank you, Connor, for joining us. Absolutely. So, uh, this Dansby Swanson thing, <laughs> and I, I said on the show about a week ago that it's either Boston, the Cubs, or he goes back to Atlanta. I never, and I'll come out and say this, I never thought the Cubs had a chance. Now, I heard that his wife 
uh, or his uh, his fiance or his girl. I don't know. Are Mallory they married? Pugh. Mallory Pugh. They just got married uh, recently. All yes. right. So they're married. Uh-huh. Mallory Pugh, who is a superstar in Chicago, she plays over there. She plays soccer over there. So that definitely had something to do with it. Going to the Cubs, if I were to choose to go to any one of these three teams, I would either go to Boston because Boston – it will still compete in the the ALC, uh, the uh, American League East. Right, they're just one year on, yeah. one year off. Type yes, thing. yeah, they'll compete. They're not great, but they'll compete. And the best the best way he should have went, if 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 it was me, go back to Atlanta. You have a chance to win a championship every single year with the farm system, with the talent you have over there. You do, but. Obviously, the Atlanta Braves don't like to pay their players. They offered Frieda a ridiculous, terrible contract. Uh, he decided to opt out of taking that contract. He is going to be arbitrated next year, right, if I'm not mistaken? because yep, he came up as a reliever in 2017. So, yeah. So, he will be arbitrated next year, and then he will become a free agent. So, I do not believe he will sign with the Braves. By the time he becomes a free agent, I think he'll be 30. So... Uh, you look at where the Braves are. Their their window is closing. It is closing. They lose Dansby Swanson. Now, they do have a, a young shortstop in their farm system. A pretty good one. But is he Dansby Swanson? And Dansby Swanson, they got him on a trade from Arizona a couple of years ago and yeah. really turned into a superstar shutdown shortstop. One of the better defensive shortstops in all of baseball. And you sit here today and you, you wonder, are the Braves better Losing him in the offseason and maybe going after another big name, maybe Otani next year, which they could. They have the money. They could go after Otani if they want him, if they want to pay him. Maybe they decide to go tick for tack. They have Freed for arbitration. They give him an arbitration. Then they have one year with Otani, Freed, and and that, that roster. And you had the bet in that lineup that they're losing with Dansby Swanson. They also had the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And the runner-up. And the runner-up. So th- their roster is still loaded. And and you look at, are they better than the, the Mets are You know, after the season? No, they're not. The Mets got better. Atlanta got worse, if you look at their roster. Now, does that mean that Atlanta isn't the better team in this division? They're still, they have the most depth. Bullpen, rotation, and lineup. This is still a team that has a lot of depth. And Acuna... He did not have a good – Ronald Acuna did not have a good season last year. He didn't. I think he was batting 240, yeah. 245. It wasn't a good season for Ronald Acuna. He, he did take that contract, but absolutely helped the Braves. And when he becomes a free agent, I think he'll be like 28. Well, yeah, he's going he's gonna to want to – it'll be a lot like DeGrom's contract. He'll get a $500 million he's gonna contract. Want, he's going to want to cash in later on like DeGrom did because he thought he was kind of undervalued <laughs> individually. Ball. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I think he's going to seek that. Now, will he get the $500 million? He has to stay healthy to do yeah. that. But, yeah, last year he had two different injury stints, which definitely didn't help his case, especially for a center fielder type like Acuna with that much speed. $177 million is, is, is a good deal. Really good deal. It, it really is. Is because because I thought Dansby Swanson was getting over two hundred million dollars, and you look at Carlos Correa, who's better, Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa? I'm taking Dansby Swanson, honestly. If you look at the, the big picture between both of them, who's a better defender, Swanson. Dansby Swanson? Offensively, Dansby Swanson had a really good season. I think he had twenty six home runs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, his power has come along nicely. Yeah, the yeah. last two he's years. not he's he doesn't have Correa power, but he can he can hit for power, and he's a good hitter. He hits for average. He, he could steal bases. He could do a lot of things. And he's a good leader on the field. Mm-hmm. 
18 stolen bases last year, hit 277 with uh, 25 home runs, 96 RBIs mm-hmm. last year. And you know, it, it, his power took a while for him to come along. He had 27 last year, but that was his first 20-plus home run season, whereas Correa's had already six of them in his career. So that's the only thing that really separates them with that. Their batting average is kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Swanson, again, had a couple down years earlier in his career when he really just didn't develop as a hitter. And a lot of Atlanta Braves fans, a lot of baseball analysts were giving up on him. I was saying, no, don't give up on this kid. He's really good, and he, he earned it. Oh, he he earned the money, and he's he's going to receive the money, and and going to Chicago, and you can go up and down that roster. Is Chicago a playoff team? No, they're not. Probably not. They're not. No. Uh, he went over there strictly because of his wife, right? And uh, he has a chance now to spend more time. He could start a family over there in Chicago, uh, he, and he he's going to be there for a very long time, maybe the rest of his career. Uh, it, it's I think he's 28, 27. Yeah, he's 27 right now. Yeah, and so by the time he's done with that contract, he's 35. Maybe he gets another one. Maybe the, the if he's if he's a good Cub and he, he's up there as one of the better players on that roster, maybe they bring him back for a smaller contract. Who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know as far as the roster is concerned where that roster is going to go and where it's going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, the signing for Dansbury Swanson is a very good move for the Cubs because now they solidified their shortstop position. They've had a lot of good shortstops over the years, by the way. A lot of them. The Cubs develop infielders very well. They're just inconsistent with outfielders, and they're inconsistent with pitching, so they have to get that a lot from free agency. And they had a pretty active offseason, too. They went out yeah. over a couple a couple pitchers. They they uh, they got Cody Bellinger, one-year deal, but trying to get him back on a $17 million, maybe rebirth it in Wrigley Field, which is definitely a possibility. So they're trying to do like a couple of the patch-together smaller moves to try to become a contender again mm. and maybe build it up where maybe three years from now, maybe they could be a contender at that point. Because you're right, their farm system is still very far behind, and that's what has hurt them. And, and, and I think when you look at all these moves and the, the transition of these players and where they decided want, they wanted to go and what team they wanted to play and how good the, each each roster is going to be in the transition when these players go over there and play with one or the, uh, two of these different teams. So, I, I, I mean... When, when we speak about free agency, you just don't know who is going to be worth the money that they got. But uh, usually it doesn't bold well when you get a 12-year deal or a 9- or 10-year deal because if you're 27, which I think 27 is a good age to bring in a player where you're going to get the most out of your buck. Because being that you're 27 years old, your prime is between 27 and 34, 35. So if you're getting more than that, a.k.a. Carlos Correa, Carlos yeah. Correa you really were reaching – you had to pay the the tax to bring in a player of that magnitude. So, I, do I like it? Like I said, the Carlos Correa, I'm iffy with it. I want to see what he does in the next five years with the Mets and if he can stay healthy. If he does and they win a championship, it was all worth it. But if they don't, it was a complete bust. And we've seen the Mets open up their pockets over the years with players even without Uncle Stevie there. And by the way... Yeah, Jason Bay, thank you. Yes, I, we can go up and down the rosters the Mets have had and, and, and the players that they brought in. The only one that's ha- actually worked for them was Carlos Beltran. Right. He was the only one, and he was fantastic, Matt, by the way. Yes, he was. Who do we have on? Oh, uh, we have Jeff. So you want me to put him yeah, on? Yeah, go ahead. Put him on. Jeff, what's up, man? This is incredible, Earl, how you continue mm. to just be jealous of the great Mets organization. Right. This is a win getting Carlos Correa. Yeah, okay. They now have the best third baseman in New York, do they not? Mm. It's not even close. Hold on one second. Who cares if they have the better third baseman in New York? Does that really matter? Does it really matter? Jeff, I ask answer my question. Does it no it doesn't? Because they're in two different they're two two different conferences. One is in New in the National League and the other one's in the American League. Who cares? 
Who and cares? It's hilarious how you you're you're so down on the Carlos Correa signing when you were so eager to declare the Yankees uh, winners at the trade deadline, and they had Frankie Montas, who was a complete flop. Uh, he wasn't one hundred percent healthy. He lost his aunt, his this godmother. Oh yeah, that. you know what it is? This is is your you're a Boston Red Sox fan? So why don't we go into the Boston Red Sox and what they haven't done this off season? Oh, no, the, let's uh, let's go into that. Why are you Boston, sticking? Why are you bringing up the Mets? You're not even a Mets fan. Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox have spent more money this offseason than any other franchise in the history of sports. Oh, yeah? And what's that? Well, they got the Pittsburgh Penguins. So hopefully (laughs) Sidney Crosby can play shortstop, I guess. Mm. Uh Maybe maybe they can can find ways to buy calls like they did last night. That was egregious. The the Boston Red Sox also are the team that's going to – the franchise that's going to be awarded the Las Vegas uh, NBA expansion franchise. Mm. Four billion for that thing. Congratulations. Congratulations. And your own team, you've spent nothing. And everybody, I keep hearing about. They're a poverty franchise. I'll get at it. I'll tell you you where the win is today. What are you joking? I'll tell you where the win is today for the the Red Sox. Mm, The Carlos Correa signing. Mm. Because all this whole narrative of owners don't have the money and can't spend and whatever. That's all been blown up by Steve Cohen. There's a ton of money in baseball, and more people should be spending it. And it's a, it's an indictment of the Red Sox and their front office and their ownership that they haven't spent. They're pathetic. Mm. And, and so you're, you've become a New York Met fan and loving what Uncle Stevie is doing. And what happens uh, if and what when it flops in if it, when it flops in their face because they couldn't sign their big time pitcher in Jacob Degrom because he didn't want to be there. And you bring in the old men, the senior citizens, Verlander and Scherzer, who, by the way, I have said Scherzer and Speedy could vouch for it. I I was arguing with the Nationals. Reporter, she told me he's always been healthy. He's always fought injury. And what happened this year? The guy couldn't stay on the field. He was injured three times, and he was out for a significant amount of time. So I would love to get her on the show. So I would love to hear what she has spent to say. It on Scherzer, or if they spent it on Degrom, both guys were always hurt. And you want to? Maybe it's better for the Mets organization that they get Degrom out of there because they were all touting that that starting uh, rotation that was um, Nats and Harvey, and Syndergaard, and DeGrom was the last piece to go. So maybe they'll just stage the locker room, get all the bad Mm. spirits out of there, and move on. (sighs) And if you think I've become a Mets fan this year... Speedy, tell him what I said last year. Uh, listen, yeah, you're only a Mets fan. Yes, you, every year you say he's, the Mets season doesn't start until the first injury happens. The only reason why he's a Mets fan is because it, the Mets are right there with the Yankees. That's the only reason why. He hates the Yankees so much. So he has to say, and, and by the way, let's see how good Frankie Montas is why as a full season as a Yankee, as a fit starter. As a fit starter. Why can't I just be happy for a franchise? It's like I'm happy for San Diego. They haven't won anything. They haven't won anything yet. Let the Mets win before you're happy for it. They haven't won anything. No, 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 but I'm happy because, you know, the misery. They've been, you know, walking around the last decade mumbling, oh, the coupons, oh, the coupons, and and miserable. Now they're getting what they wanted. They're spending. And they're not winning. And they're not winning. So that's a big problem. First of all, the spending has just started. Uncle so Stevie's been there for three years. He spent over a billion dollars. Right. Over, more than that. A billion right. and a half dollars. So he's had to clean up a lot of the willpower. Oh, I'll get out of here. It's ridiculous. Just because the guy shows up doesn't mean you immediately start winning, right? What's House really? Steinbrenner won? Nothing. What, what are you talking about, House Steinbrenner? Yes, he did. He won a championship. 
No, they didn't. Yankees haven't won a championship. He was running the organization in 2009. His father was practically halfway out the door. What are you talking about? He didn't. He had nothing to do. He had nothing to do with the Yankees in 2009. Not at all. That shows you how much you know. And by the way, how does he hasn't won nothing? He he only has the best record in baseball in the last twelve years. What are you talking about? And what do they have to show for? What is it? You it's not easy to win championships, buddy. It's not. No, it's no. It's always never been. It's always never been. The Yankees at least make the playoffs every year, and I'm not taking shots at the. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Did the Red Sox make the playoffs this year? Did they? No, they stunk. They no, stunk. That's right. They stunk, and they're going to stink. Right. And they're going to stink this year too. They probably will. Yeah, they yeah. will, and they'll continue to stink. Be a realist and admit it. I'm, I'm, I'm as real as they come. Why? Because I didn't like the Korea deal. It's not that I didn't like the Korea deal for for right now. I don't like the Korea deal for for twelve years. It's a bad contract, and it will cost them. It will catch up to them. And I'm telling you right now, in three years, if they don't win a championship with Korea, it is a bust. It is no an absolute no one cares bust. About in Twelve years. That's the thing. No oh, stop, Jeff! Stop, Jeff! Dude, you, you, no one does. No, because they can do the Benia thing or the Chris Davis thing. Really? You You're going to do that with no. five players? I'm hearing the Mets are going to go after Otani from all these Mets fans. Great, okay, well, well, great. Listen, that's the other thing. They're not doing it. Well, that's the other thing that gives them is flexibility, right? Because if if they want to pull off a trade for Otani this year, they could trade Lindor. Wipe that contract off. Put Beatty or is it the end? Well, Beatty's gonna have to be in the trade for Otani. There's no way they don't have enough. They don't have enough to get Otani. Then you'd have Vientos that could play third, right? Vientos will probably have to be in the trade too. Unfortunately, they're gonna have to trade a lot. They're gonna have to trade their whole farm system to get him. It's not necessarily true. Everyone thought that about Soto, and it wasn't a huge haul for Soto either. It was a lot, though. I'll tell you where he's going. You want to? You want to know where Otani? You know where Otani's going? He's going to the San Francisco Giants. That's where I, I believe he is. To, I say he's going to the Dodgers. No, I don't. The I don't Dodgers think that. You think the, the Angels Dodgers are going to trade him right to LA and at the Dodgers? No, because no, because no, he'll just wait for free agency because the oh, Dodgers okay. just unlo- the Dodgers just unloaded a ton of salary and didn't re-sign guys, and everyone was like, "Wow, what are they doing?" And it's really just to set them up for the following offseason when Otani's available. Otani isn't available next offseason. So you don't you don't think the Angels are going to be able to trade him at all? You think it'll be like too too much of an asking price? Uh, yeah, I mean because the other part of it is they're going to trade him. Trades, they're going whoever, to trade whoever, him. Whoever trade whoever trades for him is going to be expected to sign it. Yeah, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. How many how many teams out there are going to pony up uh, ten years? Four hundred and twenty, four hundred and thirty million. Well, I, I I did hear you know, and everybody keeps talking about Baltimore. I I think Baltimore is an organization that could absolutely do that. Now, I don't think he goes to the East. I don't think he goes to the East Coast. I think he stays on the West. It's closer to his family, Japan. It's easier to fly over. That's why he didn't want to play for the Yankees. The Yankees practically had they wanted him so badly, and they he he didn't want to go to the Yankees because he didn't want to go to the East Coast. He wanted to stay on the West Side, and I think it's San Francisco. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe it is the Dodgers. Maybe he goes to the Dodgers. Maybe he goes to San Diego. Maybe they decide to sign him instead of Soto. Or maybe they lose Machado in the offseason, which a lot of people think he's going to opt out. But San Diego is going to be concentrating on Soto because can you give up that haul and then not pay Soto? It's the same thing that I would argue. I agree with you, but they could bring Soto and Otani because they're going to lose Machado. He is going to opt out of that contract. He already did, yeah. Yeah, he is opting out. So he will be a free agent, and I believe he's going back to the American League East. 
I believe that. Return I, of the Orioles? Uh, maybe. Ooh. Maybe the Red like Sox. Yeah. Maybe the Red Sox. I could see the you know, Red Sox ponying up. That wouldn't make a ton of sense. No, nah, but I could see them ponying up. I, I think I think they could. I, I, you, you could decide what you're doing with Devers. If if Devers is not going to agree well, to contract, they, they, I, well, who knows? kind of decided they're, they're probably going to try to sign him and because – they're already kind of signaling with how about, the Turner sign. How, how about this? The, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. How about the Yankees? They're losing. They're, oh. they're going to lose Donaldson. I don't think it's going to happen. But Donaldson, there's a lot of names coming off that, and they only they they got a good deal on Rodon, so they don't have to really go after pitching and free agent pitching next year. As far as the rotation is concerned, they still have Frankie Montas under another two a year a two year contract because he's still under his rookie contract. And he has to all be arbitrated. Savarino, Montas, uh, Mont- left-handed Sonny Gray. <laughs> uh, then He's a different have, type of pitcher. Yeah, and and then you have obviously, then you have Luis Savarino. Now Luis Savarino has said that he he might take less to stay with the Yankees. You have Nestor Cortez, who's still under two years of contract. I mean, the Yankees are loaded at the rotation, so maybe they bring in Machado. Machado has always wanted to be a Yankee. Uh, the Yankees almost landed him a couple of years ago, so. Maybe he goes to third base and he's the starting third baseman for the Yankee next year. I don't know. But there is rumors coming out that he wants to be reunited over there in the American League East. Maybe he goes to the Blue Jays or the, the Rays. No, the Rays don't like to spend money, so it won't be the Rays. The but Blue, Blue Jays have an overloaded infielders. I doubt that would happen <laughs> unless they traded some of their other pieces. But uh, that, that would be hard. Yeah, Jeff, what are you saying? That, that's all, that's another reason why he won't end up with the Red Sox because of high and bloom because he's turning the Red Sox into Tampa North. Hmm. Yeah. No, I know. I It was something that I thought would help actually at the time fix their problem because they remember all the bad contracts the Red Sox had for a while with Sandoval and all those guys. And it, it seemed like he did that a little bit, but then all of a sudden he's just not getting good value with the trades like he did with Tampa. It just They haven't and, paid and off honestly, so far. And honestly, the Red Sox are kind of signaling what is going to be, you know, the future is here now because Cassis is going to play first yep. base. Yes. And I have to, and I have to imagine they're going to somehow force Marcello Meyer up they to, have to, to, yeah. fill, to, to fill the hole at shortstop. And they're going to move Devers from third to DH because JD's gone. And that's why they just signed Justin Turner to play third base. Yeah. And they signed him for two years and they'll probably use him as trade bait. If he has a good season, they could trade him at the trade deadline and get something for him. I, I M- Manny Machado, if he becomes available, could I see him go to the Red Sox? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, because they don't pay anybody. I know, but I, I could see them. Manny Machado's a great player. You you, you get him still at the prime. He'll be, what, 31 next year? He's still a fantastic player, and you put him over there in the American League East. You, you need to stop suggesting the Red Sox for these types of things from now Same. on because they are officially a poverty franchise. <laughs> they are. The, the, it, it, in the order of poverty, it goes – Pittsburgh Pirates, <laughs> uh, Oakland A's, <laughs> Boston Red Sox. They're third. Boston Red Sox. Are yeah. Meanwhile, they bought the Pittsburgh Penguins for a couple of billion. Uh, yeah. Right, gonna, right. So, yeah. so, Jeff, are you, saying, are you saying they're going to have to reenact the Moneyball scene where yeah, there's well, the, the 50 million, uh, then there's this uh, pile of crap, and then there's us scene? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. 100%. Ironically enough, Scott Haddenberg, who hit that home run, yes. was a Red Sox before he yes, went to Oakland. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, he was. But that's, yep. that's what, but that's what it is now. But the Red Sox are now a poverty franchise trying to build through their farm system, and it's going to piss off every Red Sox fan. The Baltimore Orioles are now better than us, which is a sad, 
Sad well, their farm bad. system, for all those years they were bad, uh, they have a tremendous farm system. They have they have their catcher prospect coming up. They have a couple outfielders. They don't I, have him coming up. He played all last year. Uh, uh, well, well, he, he was hurt a lot. He was hurt, but too, yeah. he's going to play full season this year. They have a first baseman, I heard, that is is an explosive player as well. I think he played this year, didn't he? Yeah, they also have a top pitching prospect. Yeah. He's top 10 in baseball right now. Yeah, so... so. They're they're loaded and they're going they're going to be good. I remember last year they were going to trade one of their outfielders, their center fielder. Uh, they decided not they to. They still might, yeah. Yeah, they could. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Yankees are looking for a left fielder, so I mean. But the Red Sox are the most pathetic organization. I don't think they are. Done. No, no, they, they no, they are. They are. Look at what they got for bets. Did any of that work out? No, they just DFA'd Jeter Downs, who was one of the pieces they got back. That blew up in their face. They just let Bogarts walk, who was a fan favorite, everyone loved who was right in the MVP conversation of judge didn't get Goldilocks balls. Right. Uh, like it was, it, I mean, they're letting all their best players go, all of them. So Devers will go and, and it'll, it'll, it'll just be a poverty franchise where we have nothing to look forward to. That's what it is. Well, I disagree. I, I think the Red Sox will spend money in the offseason next year. They were waiting. They were obviously trying to free contracts and bring up the youngsters and see what they have. And then next year, I, I believe Devers is going to get a, a big no contract. Youngsters. What? They have no youngsters. They have a shortstop and they have a first baseman. Yeah, yeah Cassis and Marcello Meyer, big deal. Yep. Two players. Can you just put two players in the field and they can defend all, all the positions? No, but that's why they have money and they can go out there and spend it. Next year's no, next year's an off season to go after people. players. They're not going to. That's why they got Moneyball idiot Hein Bloom. <laughs> That's a great name, Heine Bloom. <laughs> Bloomer, Heine Bloomer. <laughs> he stinks. Hein Bloom. That's what. That's what his name. Just is. call Heine. him Heine Bloomer. You know, Bloomers. No. Yeah, I think that's cool. Doesn't it fit for his name. Poverty franchise. I might just become a a, a, a Mets fan. I knew it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. No, we'll welcome you I in, might. Jeff. Um, I t- I may be that Knicks idiot that auctions oh, off God. my fandom. Oh, we know him too, by the way, Mr. Well, Evan Per Permuter. You know a bunch of dumb people. First of all, I I, I never said I liked him. I said I know him. I didn't say I like him. And by he's from way, Long Island. You, by the way, did you see uh, on? The Bills game, boy, those New Yorkers showing a lot of class, throwing ice balls. Gotta love those New Yorkers. Yeah, they and, love throwing shit. Yeah, and uh, you like throwing things and throwing curveballs. Huh? I, 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 you, you want to know something, Jeff? I think you have a, a an interesting personality, but you love to attack somebody. If you can find a way to just sneak in at an attack, you would be a great general. You really would. Because uh, do you play chess? Are you a good chess player? What's chess? Yeah, you know chess is. So uh, you're you're a perfect I'm more of a pickleball guy. <laughs> pickleball. You play pickleball? Yeah, pickleball's great. Yeah, are you good at it? I'm okay. I, I I've always wanted to I've I've watched some of it on YouTube. I it's it's weird. I don't know. It's it's Yeah, it's, it's tennis shrunken down. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird because it's like four players playing on one big, you know, board. <laughs> Right, you can either look at it like this. It's either tennis really shrunken down or it's ping pong really blown up. Yeah. <laughs> I love ping pong, by the way. I'm pretty good at ping pong. So Right, but that's what pickleball is. It's fun. Mm. You know, I mean it's a fad, it's going nowhere. It's like the new rollerblading. Why? But, they, it, they it, maybe it'll become an Olympic sport. It 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 might. They had other the bad do badminton's an Olympic sport. So pickleball is a light up. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
the name pickleball is just it, it's funny. Yeah, it's dumb, but it's a it's fun to get out, move around. Yeah, some lose some weight, you know? sweat, you know. Yeah, exactly. You right. just get a little workout in. It's great for aging people like myself. It's a geriatric. <laughs> yeah, level. yeah, geriatric. How how old are you, Jeff? Too old. Yeah, you're forty something years old. You're not that old. Yeah, that's old. Yeah, I got a lot of injuries, a lot of miles on this body. <laughs> a lot of miles. What from hockey? From hockey, and then all the walking I had to do playing golf. It's not, dude. Here's, I'm, I'm going to defend golfers now for a second. Uh oh. It's, dude. It's not easy to do with all that walking. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. It also swinging uh, a club. You know, eighteen right, holes. The torque on your body. The torque on your body. Your hips, your sure. knees, right. your ankles, yeah, your back, your like, feet. Yeah, for sure. But think, but think about this. If you like, how often do you walk ten miles? Hmm. That's what you do every time you play a round of golf. You're walking over ten miles. Did you? Did you? Did you watch Charlie uh, Woods play with his father the other day? Oh, I'm sick of this. He's fantastic, man. He really is. Okay. Well. Okay. We'll see. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a golfer, but what I saw, kids I are, mean, he's a young kid hitting the ball the way he is. Yeah, kids are robots now. Robots. There's a young kid that I know, great golfer at Stanford, Michael Thor Bjornsson. He's a Boston kid. And uh, he almost won a PGA Tour event as an amateur. He almost won the travel. Kids are robots now. It's mm. ridiculous. They are. And I, I think Charlie might be better than his father when when push comes to shove. We'll see. We'll see. It'll Let's be very not go that far. You're literally talking about the best golfer that's ever lived. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Hell no. Jack Nicholas, I'm sorry. I said Nicholson. Hell no. What do you mean? Jack Nicholas Nicholas had to beat two guys and a bunch of cab drivers. That's who he had to beat. Everyone now. That's that's the truth. That's honestly the truth. Like, how many guys from that era can you name? I'll bet you not more than three. Um, John Daly. Um, No, not in that era. In that era? Nope, not in that era. With Daly was like Daly was like the early two thousands. Jack Nicholas was oh, and that on that era you're talking about yeah, that. Yeah, era. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, like I'm talking like seven. Freddie couples. Freddie couples. Yeah, I guess Freddie would count. I guess he's like a he's like a little. He was my favorite era, player but. growing up. He was my favorite player growing up. Freddie couples. He really but was. Think about it. Like like think about walking ten miles and not on flat ground. You get tired out there. Yeah. 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 I I you never know? I never played golf so or played eighteen holes so I wouldn't know. But uh, I, I'm sure it, I'm sure it is. Any any sport I mean, is definitely it puts a damper on you. But I was a hockey player, so I know. Yeah, I did that for you know all the way through juniors. But yeah, I was know, an elite. I, mean, I was pretty elite when I played. So. Yeah, I played in, in Lethbridge in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's just you know, I mean, it is what it is. But everyone's like, oh, golf's so easy. Really, golf's easy. Why don't you go stand out in the sun and walk <laughs> like ten or twelve miles mm. and then swing? You know. Go play around a golf in ninety degree heat. See how you feel. Yeah, and then and then do it for six straight days. Yeah, you're right. Hey, listen, because because you got practice rounds and then you got the four competitive rounds. See how you're feeling come Sunday. Well, Jeff, we really appreciate you calling. If you want, call back after Lavar joins us. I love the New York Mets, Speedy. I love this team. Don't let Earl and his oh. negativity drag Goodbye. you. Goodbye. Great. Science. Goodbye. Hang up the phone on him, please. Could you? Could you stop? I mean, give me a break. I I like when Jeff calls. He he is so annoying. He it's like it's like taking a knife and just sticking it in your back. It's like uh, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre when he's out there. I mean, it's not one shot. It's like six or seven shots. But I like when he calls. He has uh, good arguments, and but he always likes to throw me a curveball. He always likes to stick it in my face. If I say something or I, I made a mistake on the way I attack something, he loves to stick it to me during the weekend when I'm watching a Jet game. Do you know I told him while I was watching the Jet game, I do not want any more Texas. I don't want any Texas. I don't want to be bothered. Please leave me alone. I had to. I had to. What, what did I have to? You do to like uh, to block him? I had to block him for the whole jet game because he was. Wow. He just keep texting and texting and texting and texting. So uh, we're we're, uh, we're still and, waiting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in just a few moments, hopefully, uh, we'll be talking to former Commanders and Giants Pro Bowl linebacker Lavar Arrington. So Speedy, just relax. I'm sure he'll come in when he's ready to come in. Uh, and we'll get our interview with him. But, uh, yeah, so uh, to get back into, you know, the finish up with baseball before we get into football, I, I sit here and I, I look at the off season, and everybody keeps ta- speaking about, well, who won? What are the winners and who are the winners and who are the losers? Honestly, I would say the two winners of the off season are the Yankees and the Mets. Now, the question is, who is the bigger winner out of both of them? Now, Speedy, you're a Mets fan. You look at what the Mets have done, what they have lost, and you look at what the Yankees done and what they lost. Who do you think won this offseason? I think the Yankees got the better value overall because I, I was hoping as the Mets won. They didn't lose anything, by the way, yeah, either. I wanted the Mets to get Rodon, uh, honestly, because I, I thought that was the best chance for them to also trade for another pitcher, too. My plan for the Mets was to get a trade of the pitcher, either one of the Brewers pitchers or Shane Bieber, maybe Zach Gallen from the Diamondbacks, something like that. They were never getting Shane Bieber. Again, again, that would have been a controllable one with Rodon. You I think thought they been... had a chance for Shane Bieber? They, yeah, they could have. I think they could have. No way! They were not trading Shane Peter, Bieber. Well, no, I, 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 what was pitchers were available? The, the Indians were only going to do it with the with like fleecing them, obviously. But there still. was no way they were trading Shane Bieber. But I wanted a pitcher. He like will. That. He'll be available eventually, and the Mets might go after him. I don't know. I the Mets are again might not have enough money to do that by the time they do that. Well, okay, again, nevertheless, I I wanted them to get a more controllable pitcher. Now, Verlander again, he's a great pitcher when he is healthy. Will he be healthy? That's another question that they're gonna have to manage. I just the Mets over the years have not been able to manage these injuries properly, so it just really worries me as a whole what they're gonna be able to do with that. It's not the players themselves that I'm annoyed with. Like I think Correa was a good contract. Verlander obviously was gonna get what he was gonna get, and I like the deal for Nimmo. I like the deal for Narvaez. I think they did some good things. I just I worry about the way they manage it. Whereas the Yankees, besides the judge contract, which I still think was a lot of years. Still, got, I think better value overall, slightly. I think they both did well. It just with the way the Mets are built, it's very tough to trust them because they're they're gonna have to throw a lot of darts with the rest of their team. I'm also going to trust a left-handed power pitcher that uh, has been pretty dominant the last two years. You know, what Mike was trying to compare him to, which I I, I thought he was on drugs. Uh, James Paxson. Really, he tried to compare the Yankees bringing James Paxson to Carlos Rodon, which I thought was weird. I was like, Mike, you're a little bit smarter than that. He's like, I'm telling you, and I say, I said, Rodon in the last two years has been a top six, top seven pitcher. Almost top five pitcher. He says, no way. I take this guy over him, uh, Walker Bueller. I said, Walker Bueller can't stay healthy. So you're going to take him over Carlos Rodon who the last two years has been healthy? So, I I, I mean, no, I I would say you could argue that Carlos Rodon is a top ten pitcher, not a top five or top six. But he's there. He's right there amongst the league's best. And he has the best pitch in baseball. Everybody says his fastball is the most statistically 
top-end pitch in all of baseball. It has been the best pitch in baseball for the last three seasons. Statistically, striking out, and, and people can't hitting it. They can't hit it because it, it elevates high, and it's very hard to, to, to see out of his hands. He's got a very weird um, release, which throws people off. Right. It allows you not to tip the pitches, too. I yes. Mean, a lot of pitchers have that problem where they just try to trust their stuff too much, and it's uh, something where... Rodon, the way he delivers it is very interesting for that. It's very weird. It. It's like over the top, and you don't see it come out of the hands quick enough. So you're you're really guessing by the time it gets closer to the the plate. So it, it, it's it, and he has uh, a ridiculous slider too. It's ridiculous, and he's he's got a sinker. He's got these off speeds. He can throw a curveball. So he's got a lot of pitches, and uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. If he stays healthy, I mean the Yankees. By far, I have the best rotation. I can't. I don't even know if you can argue that. You really can't. Uh, it dep- yeah, it'll depend if Montez can bounce back to what we know he can be. He's a fifth starter. He's if, a fifth- Frank, if, if Frankie Montez can win 11 games this year as your fifth starter, that's... Well, yeah, of course. And he could. And the other the other one that's kind of a... Uh, I guess uh, you have to see another year out of with is Cortez yeah. at that level, too. Yeah, but he, he, if anything, he's going to be even better because he's not going to be dependent on as much. You know, that's fair. He, he's not, he's not going to be dependent on it getting that win. He, he's a good lefty. And by the way, the Yankees have two lefties in that rotation now. Right. It's two lefties. Mm-hmm. Good variety. So it's a good variety now. Something they haven't had in a while. When was the last time you remember the Yankees had two lefties in that rotation? Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the I remember was in the nineties with David Wells and uh, who was the other one? Was it Jimmy Key or Jimmy Key? Jimmy or somebody like that. It's been a long time for the for the Yankees to have a rotation, and this could be the best rotation the Yankees have had in ten years. That's how good this rotation yeah, could be on paper. Definitely, a hundred percent. I mean, even Frankie Montas. Frankie Montas two years ago was a Cy Young candidate, was a top five pitcher in the American League, mm-hmm. and, he, and he throws over two hundred strikeouts. The Yankees have not one, not two. Not three, but four guys that can pitch over 200 strikeouts. Four. How many teams could do that? Mm-hmm. How many teams can get and, – and in Yankee Stadium, you need to be a strikeout pitcher. Yeah. It's all or nothing in Yankee Stadium. So you have four guys that can pitch over 200 strikeouts. Two guys that were amongst the league's top four in strikeouts last year. Garrett Cole obviously gave the most home runs, but had the most strikeouts. And, and now, obviously, Frankie Montas, who – I mean, not Frankie Montas, um, Cortez. Um, not, not, not Cortez. Uh, Garrett Cole and, and I'm sorry. Um, Tyone, my bad. Tyone. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not, not Tyone. Um, Rodon. Yeah. Carlos Rodon was a top five strikeout pitcher last year. I think he was third or fourth in strikeouts. Okay. So they had two guys that were in a top five. Now, Frankie Montas, if, if he wasn't obviously dealing with the injuries and stuff, he was on his way for 200. How many strikeouts did he have last year? Yeah, he was on a good pace. He, per game, he was still one of the higher ones in the league. And that's why, I, I, at the time, I, I, at the time, I think he was averaging 8.5 strikeouts per game when they traded for him because he did have an injury stint with Oakland, too. And then, obviously, when he came to the Yankees, he was dealing with all the family stuff he was dealing with, too. But per game, he was at... Uh, he was at, let's see. He had 139, no, 140 strikeouts. 9.4 per game, though, when he came to the, when he came to, from Oakland. And then 7.5. Just think about this. The Yankees. Carlos Rodon averaged about seven to eight strikeouts a game. Garrett Cole averaged about seven to eight strikeouts a game. And Frankie Montez averaged about eight before he went to the, I mean, you have strikeout dominance. Guys that are very hard to hit and see when they're on. 
Now, Frankie Montez has to prove that he could do it in New York, but I think he could. I, I like what I see. I, I really do with that rotation. Question is, uh, is the shift going to help baseball? Is it going to help the Yankees? I think it does. Anthony Rizzo, I think it absolutely will help him. I think it'll help Giancarlo Stanton, who likes to pull the ball. Uh, it'll definitely help him. Some of these guys, I, I think it will really – Aaron Judge, he hits it all over the field, so it doesn't matter, but it might help him. So I think you see you see the the MLB and the offense go up significantly this year, except against the the top rotation pitchers in all of baseball. Um, again, we're still waiting for Lavar. It, it, it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to come on tonight. Um, he says he apologizes. Um, he's dealing with a lot of stuff with the uh, John Franco family. By the way, rest in peace. To, or or uh, Franco Harris, my bad. Franco Harris. Franco Harris. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's had to deal with. Uh, he's dealing with a lot of calls from his family. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He says, he says he apologizes for that. But yeah, unfortunately, we're not we'll get him on join. another day. Yep. Uh, so rest in peace, Franco Harris, as well, and uh, my condolences to his family as well. And it, it's it's horrible. That story is horrible because he was on. Um, Chris Russo show yesterday. He was on it. He was on the show. They were talking about the Hall of Fame and everything. He had, Chris Russo was doing like every single day. He was bringing up Hall of Famer, bringing in Hall of Famers to come on his show, NFL Hall of Famers. And it just so happens Harris was on yesterday. Yeah. And then he passes away right after the interview. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It really is. Was it a heart attack? Uh, I don't know if they have the cause yet, but yeah, it was. You're right. It was definitely very sudden because I think the Steelers are going to on, honor him too this weekend because it, uh, they're honoring the immaculate reception game. On, no. the, they're playing the Raiders on on Saturday. They were going to honor him for that and because the Steelers. Uh, it, it's I think the 50 year anniversary this postseason coming up, which the Steelers probably aren't going to make the playoffs. So they did. Nope. It, they did it for this weekend, and it's, it's just very sad. It's horrible, but I'm sure they'll they'll have something for him. It's just it's a horrible story, and, and we'll get Lavara. I want to apologize to all the fans that were waiting uh, to hear Lavar's interview, but uh, we understand. We want to give a shout out to the Harris family uh, and 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 the Arrington family because I know he was very close with Harris, uh, obviously. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a horrible story. It's it's horrible for football. So uh, Lavar Lavar Arrington will be joining us probably either next week or in the new year. Mm-hmm. So we'll have Lavar on the. One way or another, but uh, shout out to Lavar and, and let him know that our heart goes out to him yes, and his I, family. I, I and just texted him everything with we're, Franco Harris. Very sad what happened to him for sure, and uh, wishing all the best to his family as well. He says he's dealing with a lot of calls. A lot of his family members have been uh, have been calling him in regards to that. So why don't we get into some football conversation? Because now Lavar won't be joining us, and there's a lot to get into. And uh, anybody that wants to call, as everybody knows, 631. Yeah, Kenny was trying to call earlier. Kenny, you could call now. 672-3108 is the number. Again, it's 631-672-3108. Again, we're not going to have LaFar Arrington on the show tonight because of the Harris, obviously, death. Uh, Like I said, shout out to the Harris family and the Arrington family and the NFL family that uh, uh, obviously have lost a great Hall of Famer and a great person, by the way. We never had Harris on the show. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Nithin had him on the show. Oh, did he? I think he did. I, I'm not sure, but uh, um, my my heart goes out to the family and uh, the families that were so very close to the Harris family. Um, Jalen Hurts losing Jalen Hurts for the next three games. And and by the way, we, we listened to Connor Allen. He never mentioned Jalen Hurts. He never mentioned Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts doesn't play for the rest of the season, does that hurt his stint uh, uh, in the season that he had? I mean, he was breaking records. He was he was 
he was at on, on on his way to have numbers that we've never seen a quarterback ever had in a have in a regular season. And now all of a sudden, because he has an injury or they decided to sit him out for the last three games, there's no chance in hell he wins the MVP. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to be able to do that. Same thing happened to another quarterback of theirs. They lost right. Carlson Wentz the last three games, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tears his ACL, MCL, and his whole knee. He should have won the MVP that year. He was on a pace, and they gave it to Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. That's and it's going to be the same kind of thing. He's on pace to do it, but again, with Mahomes being not far behind, because it was a close race between the two of them. I thought Hurts pulled away last week a little bit because Mahomes had a couple multi turnover games, but Mahomes Mahomes still has had the the passing yards to be able to make that work and forty three passing touchdowns. So you're looking at a case where if he still is consistent back to that form again for the next three games, definitely could do it. Now, if Mahomes hits a slump for a game, yeah, that could hurt him because again Hurts did play well before he got hurt in this game too with the with the Bears had two interceptions which hurt him a little bit but still had a lot of rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns too so it's going to be interesting to see down the down the line but I really think it's those two at that point I think right now third surging with a late surge is Joe Burrow but he has start slow start to the year so I don't know if he'll get it now he's not winning it's really just hurt to Mahomes at this point yep and and it's it's really a clear-cut win for Mahomes if Jalen Hurts doesn't play for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, if, if Josh Allen wins the next three games and he's a big part of why they win the next three games, he could still win it. He, they could definitely still win it. You heard Connor. He said that it's a possibility, but it's a loss. It's a big loss. Now, the Eagles are obviously going to win the NFC. They're, they're, they're going to have the best record. Here's the question, for, and I don't know if this stands still stands to be true. If the Eagles have the better record than the AFC, any of the AFC teams, by the end of the season, do they have home field advantage in the Super Bowl? I think they do. It alternates every year. Oh, the, the way the Super so Bowl. So it's not. Works. A, it should so be. It's, whoever, not, it's not based on that. It should be because whoever has the better wins or the most wins from either team that goes to the Super Bowl should have home field advantage. Well, again, being it's a neutral site, it's not something... It doesn't could, matter. Yeah, it's not something that's really that big of a formality of who the actual home team is. I'm sure there's going to be just as many Eagles fans, <laughs> if not more, that travel to... There is an, adva- an advantage being a home team. But there's also advantage with the road team being you get to call the coin toss, too. So you mm. could decide if you want to defer, you want to take the ball. Now, it's been a split sample of who, whether that actually matters or not. I think... Uh, Shout out to Cynthia Freeland, who's been on our show before. I think she did a study of it too, where it's like fifty-fifty. Like it works. Have you to reached 50/50. out to Cynthia? I've tried. Yeah, I have tried again. But do you have her number? Uh, no, I have. I have her only on Twitter and email. But even so, uh, like she had a very good graphic of it, the way it played out with the decision making of whether they got the choice. I have Cynthia's number. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I'll give you. I thought you had it. I. I'm, Oh, you know what it was when we had it? I think you did all Are the Are you putting then. these down in the book like I told you? I, I have them in the book. I, you might have been in your number, not my phone. I want to see this book that I told you to keep. I have it in the book, yeah. I, I want to see. I, I want you to bring it in tomorrow. I want to see the book Okay. with all the guys in it. And I, you better not be lying to me. Again, it was in your phone at that time, though. So I, maybe I will give you Cynthia, okay. Cynthia Freeland's number so you can text her and just say that we love to get her on the show. But even so, like even the Eagles fans, if they do make a Super Bowl, are going to travel well, where they're going to get somewhat of a home field advantage, depending on who they play. Obviously, if they play the Bills, they play the Chiefs, they're going to have a great traveling fans, too. So it's going to be very hard. The Bengals, same kind of thing, too. Their fans have tra- traveled well recently. But, yeah, if they play if they play somebody that maybe doesn't have as strong of a 
of a traveling fan base like the Chargers or Miami or something like that in the Super Bowl where they could garner that kind of home field advantage. It's so interesting when we go back and forth and we, we try to compare and contrast some of these quarterbacks and who has the elite you know, qualities out of all these quarterbacks when we, we, we speak. And I, we're, not ta- we're not speaking about Tom Brady this year or Aaron Rodgers, and those are the two names that always pop up year in and year out for the last 10 years. It's no longer that. It's, it's really the new guys. It's the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows, the Justin Herberts, now the Jalen Hurts. That's what we're speaking about now. It's the transition of the quarterback play and where these quarterbacks are going to take it to that next level. I, I sit back and I wonder when, when we look at some of these other teams that are drafting at such high spots going to this year's draft class, who is going to be the next big breed of quarterbacks. What quarterback out of this quarterback class is the next breed? And I honestly, I'm not going to bet on any of them because what we have seen the last couple of years and what we thought these quarterbacks were going to be have been completely busts. Complete, complete busts. Even Kyler Murray, who I absolutely love. I loved him, his size. He was one of my favorite players. I stuck up for him going to this season. He has been horrible. He has been Horrible. Maybe it's because of the offensive line, no help offensively, uh, Hopkins being out for a significant amount of time, or maybe they just absolutely stink. Yeah, their offensive line is better than he was in his rookie year and his second year. So I can't sell to any of uh, the fans, the Arizona fans, to say, well, Kyler Murray's just having a bad season because his team stinks. No, Kyler Murray hasn't looked good. Kyler Murray hasn't looked good since the playoffs. Yeah. And, and he really before the playoffs, because in the playoff game, he got whomped. By the, what was it, the 49ers? The Rams. The Rams, I'm sorry, the Rams, the Super Bowl champions, which I stuck up for him in that game. I did. I stuck up for him because when you look at the big picture, you lost against the Super Bowl champions. You didn't lose against nobody. You lost against a team that won the Super Bowl. Right. And you lost against a team that's an experienced team, too. They've made the playoffs three out of the four years of, the, of McVay's tenure before that. And the Cardinals, that was their first time in the playoffs since Bruce Arians was there, too. So look, look at a case like with the Giants and Eli Manning. Eli Manning's first playoff game, they got shut out 23 nothing by the Panthers, and then two years later, they win the Super Bowl. Sometimes it could happen, that kind of thing. I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but to bash a guy for just one uh, for one playoff game where nobody played well either. It's not like it's not like the Cardinals lost the game like 13-10 to and he didn't play well. They got blown out. I, I also, when I, when I look at the way the league is is transformed when from he, really top-heavy teams, especially in the NFC, it's, it's all top-heavy. Yeah. And what, what's top-heavy? Two? And in in the AFC, I mean, the worst team in some of these divisions could be the best team in the NFC. Right. So, I mean, right now, if you would look right now at the NF, the NFL and the rankings, and just – and it's not even about schedule. It's really just about the divisions and the conferences and the way they were built. If, let's say the Steelers were in the NFC, the Steelers would be a borderline playoff team. The Steelers, six and eight. Hmm. How about this? If right now, if the Chargers were in the NFC, they would be probably the fourth seed. Okay. The fourth seed in the NFC. Because you got 10 and 4 49ers, the Vikings. You have the Cowboys and the Eagles. A fifth seed. So you're saying if the Chargers played an NFC West schedule? Yes. Something like that? Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, that's fair. They uh, they might even be better than that. They might have the best record in the NFC. So if they hypothetically, let's if say they were in, the Rams, okay. If they were in the NFC East right now, and let's say the Cowboys weren't, 
or the sh- the Giants were not. Yeah, they'd probably they'd be right there with the Eagles. Yeah, I could say that. I, I <laughs> and it's not because their division's so good because it hasn't been this year. It's just because and and I I believe the Chargers are going to fire their coach in the offseason. I do because looking and hearing what everything I've heard. It, Peyton wants one of those L.A. jobs, and I don't think Sean McVay is going nowhere. He got his extension in the offseason, and uh, they have to figure out what they're doing in the future because they just have none. Um, and they're not going to look past their their star coach. The, the Chargers, they could very much not make the playoffs. Now, their schedule works to their favor where they could make the yeah, playoffs, but even if they make the playoffs, they're, they're probably going to get eliminated in the first round. Because they just don't match up against any of the the better teams in the AFC. Come on. We look at the Chargers right now. They did beat Miami. They yeah. played Miami again. Well, I did not think they matched up well against either. <laughs> if they play Miami again, do they beat Miami? Probably not. I don't think it's very hard to beat a team twice. Yep. Okay? They I play... also don't think Miami's this bad either. They're just in a bad slump right now. If the, let's say the Chargers played the Jets, and the Jets sneak into the playoffs, do the Chargers beat the Jets? Ooh, that's interesting because if the charger if the Chargers can get a little healthier with their front, because the Jets' offensive line is kind of streaky, that could be tough. Now the other question is the Jets' running attack too. I mm-hmm. don't know that, that that could go either way. It's tough to tell right the now. The Chargers can't stop the run. The Chargers can't stop the run. The Jets have been inconsistent running the ball though too. So which, well, that's which because Brees Hall Brees Hall is out for the season. No, I, I mean, know, but you have to factor that in. Too. I mean, and they're depending on Bam and and Bam teams are figuring him out now. Right. Because uh, he's a one-dimensional back. That's what he is. He's a down, you know, north and south. I think he's going to be great when they bring Brees Hall back. Could you imagine Bam in that with him and Brees Hall? Brees Hall could do all the different things that Bam can't do. And Bam's a, really a north-south. He's a really good north-south type of back. That's what he is. He's going to run you over and he's going to try to beat you in. And Michael Carter, he's that other back that can catch the ball and do the other things that Bam can't do. But... I, I think they beat the Chargers. I think they match up very well against the Chargers. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one because the, the the they would definitely feature Austin Eckler a lot with the receiving in that matchup too. Now the Jets secondary versus their receivers is going to be that would be a good matchup too. And the Chargers really don't have. Oh, the they tight shut ends. them down. Yeah, they, they shut char- them down. The Chargers the don't have the down. tight ends to take advantage of. Could they run? That's. Can they run against the Jets? And that, can the Jets yeah. put up enough points to win the game? I think the Jets the Jets struggling with the pass catching backs is a tougher matchup because Eckler's such a good receiver though, too. That's what I think could make it harder. If they get if they can get tight end slash slot production from their receivers would be the other matchup to look at too. And then on the Jets standpoint, can they get enough stretch plays against the Chargers banged up secondary too? Yeah, but there's they're a, there's a lot. There's a lot. That's a tough. The matchup. Chargers defense isn't that good, but they're, they're not. But they still have some. I, talent. That's why I yeah. said if the Jets were in the NFC right now, the Jets have ten wins. A lot of the AFC teams are going to be like that too. I, yeah, individual head to head matchups are very tough to tell though because the Chargers do have some advantages there. Uh, Keith Rooney, shout out to him, says, yep. uh, "How about the Lions?" Boys, I told you both when they were one and five. You guys said they suck. True about Bam. I love their backfield. And and I will say this: you were about you were really good. You were really really good, really right about the Lions and how well they played. But nobody would have thought they were going to be six and one in their last seven games. No, nobody. Like the Dolphins of last and and year, Campbell yeah. was on his way out. People were going. People were having his head. People wanted him gone. Now all of a sudden he he might have comeback coach of the year. I I mean if there is. Uh, is, is such a, an award. Well, they're basically the Dolphins of last year. They started 1-6, and six and they finished 9-8. and eight. They just missed the playoffs. I mean, what yeah. Robert Sala has done this year, everybody's given him a lot of credit, but 
I now that Campbell beat Robert Sala and has a chance to make the playoffs, look at their record. Seven weeks ago, they had one win. They had one win. Now all of a sudden they have seven wins and there's seven and seven. Right, and their only loss was to Buffalo. I mean, honestly. And that game they could have won too. Mm-hmm. They missed the field goal. They had two dumb penalties. Yeah, they definitely could have won that game. I, I mean, when you look at the big picture and where some of these teams are going and where the NFC and the AFC is going, we don't know what's going to happen. And in three weeks, anything could happen in the AFC because if the Dolphins lose this week against the Buffalo Bills the, and the Jets win and the Patriots win, the Dolphins fall out. Yeah, the Dolphins, that would be really bad if they lost to Green Bay. They've, if the <laughs> yeah. Jets win tomorrow. The Jets win tomorrow and the Dolphins lose and the Patriots lose because the, the Patriots have a big game coming up, too. I think they play Green they, Bay. They have to play the Bengals. No, the Dolphins the play Bengals. Green Bay. Yeah. Right. The Dolphins play the Bengals. I, I, no, the Dolphins, the Dolphins play, play the Green Packers, Bay. Yeah. And, and I think the Packers could win. The Packers need that win, too. They can they want to run the board and make the playoffs. They have to win. So that's a big game. And if if the Dolphins lose this week. I'd be worried about them. Yeah. And the Patriots lose this week. The Jets move all the way up. And they get that spot. Yeah, if the Dolphins lose that game, that's a that's a game they should match up well with the Packers. If and honestly, that, then you have to start being concerned with. Honestly, them. I don't know what's going on with Lamar Jackson, but I'm I'm not going to bet they're going to win this week. They are nine and five. They lose this week and they lose next week. They're out. They're not making it. Well, yeah, they're they're trusting their defense right now with the Ravens in order to be able to win these games. They still got to they still have to play the Steelers. They sh- Atlanta is a game they should win, and they match up well with a lot. What of is them going paper. on with Lamar Jackson? Has anybody heard anything about? Yeah, him? it does. It doesn't seem like he's going to be coming back in the regular season at this point. Uh, oh, that's four, bad. It was a four week injury, but it doesn't seem like it, it, it doesn't seem like they're very optimistic about it right now. The and they're right now. Their defense is playing well enough where they're still staying afloat. The Browns are their first loss since losing Lamar Jackson. They're so. saying that they're not sure if he's coming yeah. back the rest of the season. Now, again, their that's ske- a huge loss. Their schedule is still pretty favorable where yeah. that kind of thing, I think they'll be fine. I don't think it'll be as bad as last year. Yep. But I, I, it, the question is if the, if the Ravens are going to be able to sustain that kind of defense in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's definitely going to be the question that the Ravens have to answer. And I don't know how good this defense is. I, I, a matter of fact, the Ravens haven't really been a good defense all season long. They added Roquan Smith, who everybody thought, oh, this is going to give him a breakout type of defender. Uh, losing Wink Martindale, and obviously him going to the Giants, is a big, significant loss. You could see it. And John Harbaugh? Say whatever you want. If they don't make the playoffs this year, he could be on the hot seat. I don't know what everybody oh, yeah. said. Mm-hmm. He could absolutely be on the hot seat and get fired. Right. Absolutely. Who we have? Kenny. Kenny, what's up, bud? Hey, what's up? What do you think of them Giants? Oh, I was impressed. About time they did something. Here we go. What do I well, think about they, the Giants? They no, got lucky. When and they, they need played to win, they win. Well, what do you mean they need to win, they win? You mean when they need to win, they lose. I was surprised they won, Kenny, to be honest. I Honestly. If it wasn't for um, you know Thibodeau and what he did yeah. in the second quarter, they don't win. They don't win, and I and Washington's a not a good. Sometimes uh, hold, hold on, good defense. Do you think the Giants are a good defense? Honestly, you think they're a good defense? They have good defense. Do you think the Giants are a good defensive team? Yes. You're out of your mind. They're not. They're probably them a few times. in their numbers and where where they state where you stack them right now. They're not even an amongst amongst the league's top fifteen in any category. So how could you say they're a good defense? When they need to really defend, they, they defend. had a good defensive game, and they do show up in certain games. They do play well, and Wink Martindale is a genius 
and Washington is mediocre. Um, Keith, I agree with you. I and think the Giants, the Giants are mediocre. If you were to sit here right now, it's me. Be honest. Who has more talent, Washington or the Giants? Washington. Washington. I, I, I get. It. I thought they were going to get blown Washington. out. I, absolutely. So and 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 you have people saying Washington's mediocre. So what do you think, Giant? The Giants are. The They're Giants. no good. The Giants are lucky in two regards. Here. Their schedule. Their, their schedule There's, and the fact that Jalen Hurts. They're playing Hurt, the Colts. And, and the fact that Jalen Hurts is now probably going to miss the rest of the regular the same, season. The same Colts team. The same Colts team that had a 30, 30, Three, nothing, nothing lead, yep. 30 nothing lead going into the second half and then losing the greatest comeback in NFL history wasn't the Atlanta Falcons, but it was the same quarterback what that was quarterbacking, this, by uh, the way. The Jets have lost three in a row. What? And you're still losing that bet right now. Oh, okay. The Jets and, and listen, I probably go I'm probably going to lose that bet. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, the Giants have to win their games and a lot of people still think that the Giants might lose every one of their games coming up, even against the Colts cuz they could still put up numbers. Yeah. The the thing is the the Giants got lucky in these two regards because Jalen Hurts got they do getting have a hurt. history against Minnesota. That they have a play. bad history against Minnesota. It's not good. <laughs> and yes, Keith is right. The Giants have uh, uh, their they're going to get better, but their defense is not even average. I would say they're no since the eh. injuries in their secondary eh. haven't been that good. Eh. That's what they they're are. Really bad. They have the good run. players. They have two or three really good defense. Thibodeau is going to be a nice player. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't know how good he's going to be. Everybody thinks he's like a Justin and Tuck. When could clinch the playoffs? Who? They have to. They need two two other teams to lose. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, Jeff. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Kenny. Well, those teams could lose. Kenny, I want to ask you a question. First of all. How much wax did you smoke today? I just smoked regular weed. Oh, you smoked regular weed. So you're high. You're you're good. Right. I'm not like you're functioning. Wow. You're you're functioning right now. You're a functioning. I'm just normal. No, oh, you're normal. You're a normal good for functioning you, weed head, pothead, right? No, I don't get high every day. No, you don't get high on your own supply. No, I just buy the weed. Okay, all right, just buy. <laughs> now let me ask you a question, Kenny. Uh, uh, did you do anything crazy for the holidays? Have you? What did you uh, buy for your family? Did you? Uh, you have brothers and sisters, right? They want booze. They want My booze. Parents want booze, so I brought them booze. Hold on, your parents want to get drunk. Well, they like certain booze, so they want that. All right, so so what did you get them? I, I want to hear what you bought them. Uh, what kind of liquor do they My like? My dad wants scotch, so I got them. Well, he wanted the doers, the fifth of doers. Mm. Well, where is our, our Thanksgiving dinner, bud? <laughs> <laughs> you have to win the bet first. <laughs> I won the bet for five, five years ago. Good. What? This is from it's 2017. Not about the teams making playoffs is who's the better record. We'll see. Yes, and the Thanksgiving dinner was from 2017, Kenny. What was the bet, anyways? What did I bet you if I lost? Uh, you lose. I get a dinner. With uh, hmm. a Giants rookie or any stern staffer. All right. I'll figure that out. I could do that. Or lunch, depending on their schedule, right? All Either right. is fine. All right. All right. What, did I, what do I get if I win? Uh, your whole crew gets a dinner, and I'm supposed to wear what? I, uh, you were supposed to wear a dress and a wig and lipstick, right? I guess so. <laughs> uh, uh, that, is not come, that does not look likely so far. Okay. 
Are you? You have to be sober. No, actually, I don't want you sober. <laughs> I, I want you to be all sloshed I out of your head. Start sober. Maybe there's some alcohol one of these meals. I want you to be sloshed. I want you to be high and sloshed and ready to go. Because after the meal that uh, obviously you're going to buy us, we're going to take you out to a nice public area where you can act like a complete jackass. What do you think? Uh, what if that doesn't happen? I'm meeting with a real professional. Could, that, that uh, could uh, what are you talking about, professional? If you lose a bet, you lose. You have to go out there. You got to uh, do. But you could also lose. Looking like that right now. If I lose, I promised you, you will get a, a, a you know a, a meal with a, either ex giant or a giant or somebody. Or uh, or Stern Staffer. None of them are available. Okay, I'll figure that out. But uh, yeah, we, we could do that. We can do that. Could even be a tapes guy. I listen, wouldn't care. Listen, I mean, you I, I also, you also if you lose, you have to kiss a goose, and we have to take a picture of it. You have I'm to kiss a goose. a goose. They're in the park. You have, to, you have to pick up a goose, and you have to kiss it on the lips. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen, but. <laughs> I mean, you're high, so it wouldn't matter, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I was... That's all I'm not sitting here asking for Warren's Taylor. That's uh, hey, it's legal here in the states of New York Taylor. now, so you could do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> Keith, Keith says he won't remember the bets. <laughs> he doesn't remember half the things. I'm surprised he remembers this bet. I mean, but uh, you know, Kenny likes his uh, you know his booze. He likes his weed, right? I my new business card will say I'm Joe Booney's agent. That's right. You're Joe Booney's li- agent. Oh, I like that. Booney? Right, and I have yours, his, and mine in the link tree. Okay, so you, all the YouTubes are in there. So how about this? I, if you lose, you have to wear a dress, you have to wear a wig, and we have to take you to the Tiger King, and you have to you know hang out with the tigers for the day. How's that sound? No, it's not going to happen. You mean like How about if I hook actual, you up with Eli Manning? Yeah, actual tigers. No, they would kill me. No, they won't. They, they they actually roll around and hang out with people over there, and maybe you'll meet the Tiger King, and maybe uh, he'll fall in love with you. Uh, that's a little crazy. Why don't we just go dinner and I'll wear a dress and a wig and makeup and that's it? That's it. But you have to go out after that. We have to. That's get embarrassing you. enough. Yep, you have to. But you have to go out after that. So we're going to get you okay, high and drunk. And... All right. All right. So before we let you go, what else do you want to talk about when it comes to sports? Uh, Giants are one win and in the lost column, two ahead of the Jets. So there you go. Thank you, Kenny, for shoving that in my face. Well, that's the point of my call. Well, thank you. Go Kenny. Giants, and I'm rooting against the Jets till the end of the season. That's right. Mm. Yes, I'm sure you are, Kenny. Yeah, uh, make sure well, you're, you know, make sure. My teams Wait, no, Kenny, you can't teams. do that, actually. not You can't do it every game. Listen, you have to root for them against Seattle, though, because it helps the Giants. Puff, puff, pass, Kenny. Puff, puff, pass. It's not puff, 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 and puff more, okay? And I think that's what you're doing. You have to hang out as Cypher, okay? Have some guys. I watch the Jets games, and I root against the Jets. So you get high when you watch the Jets games. Kenny, they needed the Jets to win last week. Detroit is chasing us, too. Yeah. You do realize that. Yeah. The Jets and the 49ers are the Giants' biggest allies. Right I, mean, I think Kenny's a little lost, you know? I, I, yeah, I think uh, Kenny, Kenny hasn't played yeah. the playoff scenarios very well, I see. Really, the playoff scenario is not the main focus. Beating you is the main focus. So you would rather the Giants miss the playoffs because the Jets, the Jets Agreed, lost. Agreed, Keith. 
because of the lie the Seahawks like, getting oh, in. Oh, two games better. I win. Yeah, now the it looks a little part. better because they beat Washington good, but the still. is second nature. It's like, Kenny, um, you can root for the, the Jets. Bet, then maybe see if they make the playoffs. One out of the three games. You can root against them against Miami, and you can root against them against Jacksonville. That's Kenny, fine. I got one question. If, if, if you got high enough, okay, would you make out with a dog? No. Even if you got high enough. I mean, you could be absolutely blasted. I want to make out a woman, and that's it. Uh, but what about a dog? I mean, a dog could be beautiful. No, a dog is an animal, so no. Uh, that's what a female dog is a bitch, right? Right, right, but I only make out with women, so I'm good, man. Oh, women dogs. All right. <laughs> good night, gentlemen. Good night, Kenny. We love Kenny. Right. We love Kenny. He's fantastic. He likes to stick it in my face when, when it comes to losing. Yep. By the way, the, whoever was trying to call uh, the 631 number that I was trying to call before, you can call now mm. if you would like. We just had Kenny on. Uh, <laughs> Keith says, I can't stop laughing. Just a little loss. Yeah, well. Stuck says, I, it's puff, a good puff, question. Puff, puff cupcake. Yeah. Puff, puff, puff cupcake. I, I, I know what Kenny, I, well, I know what Stug likes. Uh, he loves his cupcakes, you know? All right. We have a, uh, a new caller. All right. Who do we have? Boom! Danny Raziki, Radzika, what's up? What's up, brothers? Um, so I know I'm very late to the game because mm. it's nine o'clock. Yes, and it is. Something happened this morning. Uh-oh. I woke up. Um, I woke up. You lost was, your virginity. Oh God! I, I am waiting for that one. I'm waiting for the right girl. Oh, I figured. I, I, um, I mean, how did you get the two kids then? I mean, it, you had to. You know, how did, how did you get? You can you buy what you want to buy in this world. Remus and raise them with What did wolves. he say? I'm sorry, Speedy. What, what did you say? Uh, you can buy what you want to buy in this world. Oh. But, uh, so you bought your kids out in the black market? Uh-oh. I'm going to get back to that. Oh, okay. And so um, I wake up this morning and I see Color Spray is a New York Met. And I'm like, one, that's weird. Hmm. Um, but then I'm like, I, I watched and listened to you sports all day long. And I don't normally do that because, like, you know, I have a job. Mm-hmm. But um, – I was listening to wait for someone to say it, and no one said it. And I'm like, someone's got to say this. Someone has to say this because it needs to be said. And I listened to, I don't know, San Francisco, San Francisco fans, New York fans, whatever. And I'm like, it's it's got to be said. There needs to be more taxation of rich people in America. <laughs> well, that was the point because, of the ones they made before the lockout, and I think that's... no, 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 not sports taxation. Oh. Like actual, the government puts their hands in your bank account and takes your money away. Because I work with people that can't afford to eat; they're homeless, they don't wash, they smell like piss. Mm. And then some guy goes, says, "Here's favorite. my toy," because my feelings were hurt, and it's like, "Fuck you!" But you, you get to the fact that Steve Cohen has only shown Don't we only, love the, the only thing on the Steve Cohen has shown me, the only thing as a, uh, a Mets team owner, and this is going to be a curveball, the only thing he showed me is Steve Cohen, he's a giant spoiled child hmm. with a limitless bank account. And here's what makes him dangerous. The Mets payroll will be a half a billion dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many yeah. owners have the guts to do that? None of them. None of them. Because... <laughs> Most of them are worth a couple billion dollars. They're worth more than that because of assets, but to make themselves liquid, they have to sell those assets. So if you own the the let's take a shitty team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? <laughs> you can sell a team for a billion dollars. So are you going to invest half a billion dollars to sell your team for a billion dollars? That would be stupid as a person with money. 
Um, Cohen's like, I'm worth so much money that a half a billion dollars doesn't really shock me because I can write off losses on the Mets against gains I make on my hedge fund. But I think that and hurts I, baseball. I, I think that hurts baseball because everybody sits here about George I Steinbrenner. No, I, I disagree completely. I, I think it hurts baseball. How I, did George Steinbrenner hurt baseball? What you want? How about this? When he actually yeah, opened, on. every time he opened up his pockets, they never won. Every time he opened up his pockets, he Except never. Nineteen seventy-seven, nineteen uh, seventy-eight, nineteen eighty. Okay, he went to four, three World Series in four years and won two of them. Okay, I don't know. That seems pretty good. Yeah. Did he open up his pockets? Did he really spend that much money? Uh, also, which team won the most games in the 1980s? The New York Yankees. Which team won four? They never won. Uh, even even in 2009, George Steinbrenner wasn't even running those teams when he they brought CC Sabathia and AJ Burnett and, and Mark Teixeira. That was house cool. team. That's when they opened up their pockets. It no, never no, works. I, I, Go I, look I, at the past. Hold on, Danny. Look at the past. Look at the past Yankee huh? teams that did open up their pockets. They Errol. never won. They Errol. never won. Errol. Errol. The 1970s Yankees won what? What happened? The nineteen seventy seven Yankees won what? Nothing. They won the World Series. The seventy seventy nine. It was I'm sorry, seventy seven and seventy nine, right? Was seventy seven and seventy eight. Seventy nine was the right. Pirates. Yes. The Pirates. Yes. Then eighty was the Yankees losing the World Series. So the Yankees would no, the three 80, was, But who all right, all right, all right. Here's my question. Who did the Yankees buy? As far as, besides, obviously, Mr. October. Hall of Famer is Reggie Jackson. Right. Hall of Famer they, is Catfish Hunter. Uh, Catfish. Hall of Famer is Sparky Lyle. Uh, like, like, like the, I don't know, Hall of Famers. Okay, uh, let, let's look at, let's look at the salaries that they gave them. They didn't buy them. It wasn't, it wasn't ridiculous money. Dave Winfield was the second player to make a million dollars in baseball behind Nolan Ryan. And, uh, yes, Munson died in 79, like yep. Yeah. Reggie was the only one they really bought. When they, they won those championships, they bought Greg Nettles. Oh, they just st- bought them for teams that had to sell. First of just all, just like the Mets are doing. There's no difference what Cohen's doing now and Simon's doing now, except that no, one, a billion and a half dollars. Yeah, there's, there's nothing he's doing wrong. No, Errol, like you, Simon put the Yankees for like twelve million dollars. Like it's not like we're talking; it was a lot of money. It's just it was the different eras. We're looking at the numbers and getting a hard on for it. The numbers are not the hard on. It's the intent. Steve Cohen, and also, this is my thesis, Steve Cohen was told, we're going to give you a Steve Cohen tax, and his Mm -hmm. response was, fuck you. I will pay that tax because you can't control me. And you know what? He's right to do that. And I don't like what it's doing for the competitive balance of baseball. So you Hold on. So you're going to sit here and you're going to tell me that that Carlos Correa move was a good move by the Mets. Yes, no. Carlos Correa has a contract that's under market value. Do you like that move? Do you like that move? Here's how I know this. The Giants gave him more money. Okay. So Steve Cohen got a bargain. Now, do I like a 10-year contract? You t- contract? 12 not. years, $315 million is a bargain. I think he's talking about AAV. I, I don't care about that because no, no, the guy's going to play three years, four years, and then he's going to be injured. And then that's seven, eight years that you're paying him for nothing. Take, take that crystal ball and give me the winning lottery numbers if you know all the answers, right? Okay. Okay. So, so here's the thing. like what, We know what, that Carlos Craig can't stay healthy. He's going to play 130 games a year. You want to bet on that? I'll bet you on that. How much you want to bet on that? How much you want to bet on that? All right, so hang on. Let me do some quick math. Do it, do it, do it. 130 years times 12 years, so he's going to play 1,500 games as a Met, right? 1,500, yes, 1,500. I'm going to predict, I'm going to predict he doesn't play more than 900 games for the Mets. Hmm. Sir, if you win that bet, I will um, buy you the butt plug you wanted for Christmas. I don't want a butt, butt plug. You can play with your butt, whatever the hell you do. And, you know, you're the one who says you're a virgin. 
Did you not? So, so uh, <laughs> that's a scary I'm thought. Oh, Nine hundred <laughs> games in twelve years yeah. would be only seventy-five a season. Oh yeah. boy, yeah, no, that's horrible. That no? I don't think it's the truth. But Oof. but here's the thing: you don't think it's the truth, the, huh? Three things: one, Cohen uh, acts like a, a petulant child, and mm-hmm. two, our society thinks that's cool, which it's not. Mm. But but if you take away all the things that are horrible for the country, the Steve Cohen is doing right. Like, and he's also mm-hmm. a criminal technically. But if we take all that aside, yes, yeah, and just look as a sports fan. As a sports fan, every owner could do this. Every single owner could do this. Mm-hmm. Why do they choose not to? Because they want to bleed the fans out of money. And they want to take the guy who's the plumber or the dishwasher or the garbage man <laughs> or the teacher or, or the cop. They want to take their money from them for $22 beers. They want to take that money away for 75 bucks in parking fees. They want to take the money away in 15 bucks. I will tell you this. Let me ask you this question. For, for all yeah. you Met fans, you don't think your your prices are going to go up when you go to you go to City Carol, Field? They're, they're going to shoot up. I know. They're going to shoot up. You're not even going to want to go to it. I know you said it, Carol, but I'm just – I understand what you're – I understand you're saying. I'm just going back and saying I'm not yelling at you. You don't let me speak. Hey, you're. Hey, listen, man. You, you've been talking about butt plugs. You're talking about being a virgin. I mean, I'm kind of lost I here. I of virgins. Hey. If you like people from Virginia, you should move there. I'm... But. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, you're bad, man. What? No one's. No one's saying. And we have the courage at Worldwide Sports to say this. Steve Cohen's a big fat crybaby because every time. And if you look at this, and here's my. Here's the point. The bigger point I'm making. Every time they tell Steve Cohen no, he holds up his middle finger and does what he wants. When they said, you cannot interview mm. our executives in baseball, you get Sandy Allison and that's that. He said, cool, I'm going to go out and I'm going to start buying players because clearly I can't have a person running my team, so I need to just do it myself. And they're like, okay, all right, right, right. So we'll, we'll, we'll let you talk to some lower-level people. He said, cool. Um, I'm going to go hire a guy that you saw for the Yankees, and I'm going to go hire um, a bunch of scouts, and I'm going to use my my hedge fund people to bring in their contacts to have Samsung come and redo my arena. And here's, and it, I'm sorry to cut you off. If you look, look at the numbers, if you look at the numbers right now, Carlos Cray has been in the league for eight years. In mm-hmm. the eight years, only three years he's played over 130 games. That cool. is scary. That is scary. And you just gave that guy. And this is, I mean, he's in his 20s. As he gets older, as he gets older, it's only going to be worse. So this guy's got already, you know, obviously injuries that he's dealing with. And this guy's in his 20s. Uh, This is a terrible move. A terrible move by the Mets. What? I disagree disagree with the the term. I don't think a 12-year contract is a good idea for anybody. Um, I mean, the Lakers gave Magic Johnson a lifelong contract. And you know what he got? He got AIDS. (laughs) So I mean, he also won. Uh, I don't know a couple championships. How many championships? Titles, how many championships is Carlos Correa going to help the Mets win? By the way, maybe one or two. Uh, really? You you maybe think that's going to happen? Honestly, they've honestly, won one championship in a forty years. Errol, forty years. Errol, don't talk about the past. The present, the future. If the Mets don't win three times, by the way, that Veronica Rojek, Rojek. She's hot, man. But, Did you ever see the pictures of this point. girl? My point Tom is Brady, the Steve girl that's... Cohen. Oh, I don't know. Steve Cohen, when you slap his wrists and say, no, 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 Stevie, he gives you the biggest finger possible. Mm-hmm. When Jake DeGrom said, 
I'm not going to pitch for you. He said, I'll give Verlander and Senga. How about that? Mm. And when when they said, you can't have executives, he's like, cool. I'm going to get former Yankees guys to come in here, and they're going to bring in former Yankees. Mm. And when they said to him, you know, you we're going to limit you by the Steve Cohen tax, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the president of the players' union and offer him a contract so absurd that if he says no, he screws the entire players' union. And Scherzer's smart enough to realize he did not want to be a Met. But if he says no to $43.3 million, he screws every player in baseball. And so he took the money he didn't want to take because the, the payment was so grossly overpaid. Realize the Yankees had given Cole $35 million, which is grossly overpaid. And it's going, oh, yeah. I'll, I I'll didn't like that move. On that. I didn't like the move. And, and Yeah, it, no, but Cohen said, I'll do that plus 20%. So Max Scherzer said, I'm the president of Playstation. You know what Scherzer did at that? He quit being the president of Playstation because his morals were compromised. Hmm. And he was like, I realize now that I got bought and sold. And listen, I can be bought and sold for $100 million. Because with that money, like eight generations of my family can live. But um, eight generations, easily. more like easily. fifteen generations. Easily. Yeah. So, so Cohen just goes, "Oh, what's the rules?" And then I'm going to play with them. But when they say no, the second they hit him, what happened with Stephen Matz last year? When Stephen Matz said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I want to be a man from Long Island," blah, blah. and he's like, "I'm San Carlos." Cohen's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to sign Canna Carlos, yeah. and Marte and Scherzer and Escobar because he, when you tell him no, he reacts." And other teams got to learn that. The Brewers will learn that next year when, when Stearns is a, a free agent executive. And he'll be the president of Mets baseball operations next year because that's what he already said. He's like, I'm doing my last year to spend time with family. No, you're spending time burning the clock down to see if you're going to do a big fat check. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he does. He goes, if you tell me no, I'm going to make you look bad because who's going to stop me? Mm-hmm. A, a, an owner worth $2 billion cannot drop $500 million on a roster and know they might lose $200 million. Steve Cohen doesn't give a shit about $200 million. He's like, you know what I can do with that? I'll make six trades on Tuesday and I'm square. He doesn't care because he just knows money. Mm. He knows he money. He knows players. how to steal the money. That's what, he, that's what yeah, you're Yeah, he does sometimes. But, but you hear the players talk to him because he tells those players, listen, you can take all this money up front or I could defer it, invest in my own company. You'll have returns that are absolutely crazy. So I'll defer $30 million be $100 million when you're old. And, and the players like, go on, because, dude, they're jocks. Like, jocks are not always the smartest people. But he's like, here's math. Look at these numbers. The, one is a number. Ten is a bigger number. Like, yes, it is. Cohen's like, I, I could do this. I could talk to these guys all day long. Also, imagine, dude, imagine. Imagine when mm. a guy like Carlos Correa, actually it wouldn't be him, Francisco Lindora, goes, oh, I'm going to talk to the guy that traded for me. And he's like, come to my house. And and Lindor works in the house, and he's like, oh, that artwork is worth $95 million. I bought that from my fountain. <laughs> oh, and this piece of this. And like, his house is we got it. staggering. We got it, staggering. We, we got it. We, we know what he is. We know what he has. We know he's rich. We know that he's but ruined you, baseball. You call it what it is. I got it's, it. I got one, it. It's, it's a gross excess of capitalism. Two, it's an insult to every American that works a job. Yeah. Three, he's a giant baby. But four, and here's the best part. As a Mets fan, I want more. I want more than what All he's right. doing. All right. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Give me the closer. 
closer. I want to trade with, with friggin'. <laughs> I would like that, yes. Price. That's what they probably should have been pursuing, more relief pitching. It's not going to happen. Thank you, Danny. Go go, go look at Detroit and be like, oh, hey, Cruz, remember when you hear her? No, like, let's, like, like, just go and get – if you're going to spend $500 million, spend $700 million. Also, also, here's the thing. Oh, You've got the Mets' top five prospects, two are catchers, two are short ones in their basement, right? Here's – Four plays you don't need a third baseman, two shortstops, and a catcher. Otani, put Otani in okay. left. Danny, field, Danny, do it. Danny, thank you. We love you. I love you, Danny. Thank you for calling. Hey, Bill, get you later, bud. I love him. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, but he's a Met fan, and I understand what Met fans are looking at. They. If he's willing to open up his pockets, why not go after it? I'll, I'll be honest. I did not. They're not getting that. Otani. I, I'll, I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't think so either. I'm just saying. I didn't expect that much positivity out of him. I was waiting for him to call it. That's the move. I was waiting for that. Uh, no. Keith, Keith also says uh, the last two years, Correa has been playing a good amount of games. Before that, never. Yeah, I did mention Keith at the beginning of the show that his injury history is very similar to Aaron Judge's. The last two years, he's been durable. His rookie year and his second year in the league was durable, and then in between is his bad gap. Where he played a lot of seasons less than eighty games. Yeah, and I'm not gonna. I'm not going to bet on Correa staying healthy for twelve years. And I, I don't think he's going to play more than nine hundred games. I don't. In twelve games, twelve years, I would be very surprised. But but then he can now. And by the way, if he's a now hold on, if he's just a DH, that doesn't count. If he's just so DH, seventy five in the field. Seventy five in the field. Okay. If he's a DH, that doesn't count. Because as a DH, you're making $26.5 million. That's too much. Okay. That's too much. You're going to pay a DH? To me, a DH is one-dimensional. He does one thing. And that's what Giancarlo Stanton's becoming. And that's why it's an over. he's an overpaid player. Yep. He's an overpaid player. He's great, but he's overpaid. And by the way, Carlos Correa isn't Giancarlo Stanton. He's not. Not as a hitter, no. He's not at, at all. If, if you were to tell me right now, who would you rather, Carlos Correa or Giancarlo Stanton, who would you want? Honestly. Uh, Keith also says 12-year contract for him is not crazy. He's not going to DH. He probably will later on, though. I would hope it's it's not in the it's not in the middle of the contract. Keith, you don't think 26 and a half million dollars is not crazy for a DH? That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I'm not paying Carlos Correa to hit in 100 games a season for the last seven years because he can't play the field anymore because his joints and his ankle is, or his knees are hurting him. No, he, he's going to play the field because the Mets have two spots. Third base is a play. hard position to third, play. Third base is an interesting adjustment, which is surprising because he's mostly played middle infield his whole career. He came up he came up playing shortstop, obviously. He's played some second base when Altuve was hurt. But, again, that's a trickier transition. So I'm surprised the Mets are going to be able to do that. Now, I don't know if he's going to play third base the whole time because McNeil also played really well in the outfield last year. So they could put Correa at second if they, do, if they don't trade Beatty or they do, if they do bring him up at the beginning of the season, it does hit well. And then they can maneuver him in the outfield. Now, what's going to make it tougher is because they did resign Nimmo. That'll leave either Canna has to DH or Marte has to play somewhere else or something like that. And that would make it tricky. But being that he's mostly going to be third base is going to be a tougher transition, which is he's going to lose a little bit defensively because his defensive metrics in the middle of the field are really good. I, and I, I like the shifting, the no shifting. I, I think that's going to help baseball. I think it's going to open up the offense for a lot of these players. And it could help Carlos Correa, even a player like that, with his magnitude of hitting close to 300. So I, it does help out. I just I, I can't sit here and say, hey, signing a guy for 12 years to be my 
automatic DH the last five or six years of his career is good. It's not. See, here's why it works for Aaron Judge. And you want me to tell you why? Because if Aaron Judge is your DH, because John Carlos Stanton has what, four years left? Well, he's got seven years left on the contract, but an opt out after the four. So. Yeah. yeah. And he might not opt out. Maybe he will. Maybe the Yankees buy him out yeah. after the four years. And that could happen. Right. Um, Aaron Judge, guys, even if he's the automatic DH in six years, Aaron Judge is still going to hit 30 home runs because of his size, his ability. And he's still going to give you close to 100 RBIs. Carlos Correa, I can't see that. He's not. His bat's going to get slower. Aaron Judge, it's all, he'll eventually be an all-or-nothing guy. But we see, remember Jim Tomey? Mm-hmm. Jim Tomey played till he was 41, 42 years old. He was all-or-nothing, but he still hit 30-something home runs. He still cl- hit close to 100 RBIs. That's Aaron Judge. So even though I don't like the move, I don't like the signing, the nine-year, $360 million, being that he's 31 in the beginning of this year, I still think that's a better deal than 12 years, 315. You're telling me that John, uh, I'm sorry, Carlos Correa is only getting less than $45, $48 million less than Aaron Judge? Carlos Correa is not even a top 10 player in the league. Aaron Judge is a top five. And you're paying him 315 for 12 years. I know it's a little bit longer, and he's a little bit younger, but he also is a guy that you can't trust. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the durability is the question with that because it's not even durability. Yeah. 12 years, he's not playing another five or six years in the field. So you're paying a DH $26.5 million for six years. Uh, Keith also says, I'd take Correa over Stanton, no question, but you're right. The judge contract is better. You would take Correa over Stanton. Let, let, let's the, let's look at this. I, 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 now, defensively, yes. Yes. 100%. But let's see. Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton. I, I want to bring up the numbers. I, I haven't really looked at it. And I'm going to test the waters here. Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, 211, 31 home runs, 7 I'm not talking about this year. This year. Oh, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about career and what he has done. Okay. Career 264 batting average, 378 home runs, 971 RBIs. And even this year, even this year, what did he hit? 31 home runs and 70 RBIs in 110 games. Okay. Carlos Correa played how many games this year? Um, blah, 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 blah. He played in 136 games. He had 22 home runs, 64 RBIs, and he played in like 50 more games and more right, right, 50 more games, 50 more games or 40 more games than Giancarlo Stanton. And hits. How many hits does he have? Hits. He had 152. 152. This Giancarlo Stanton this year had in 110 games. 84. He had 84. Honestly, if you look at those numbers, Giancarlo Stanton has played in less games, and he had more RBIs and more home runs. And his batting average was two eleven. I know Carlos Correa was, what, 291. 291, he was hitting for average. Carlos Correa played in one of the easiest divisions in baseball. Look look at the pitcher. Look at the the pitchers he had to face. Look who Carlos, Giancarlo Stanton had to face. In his division, the hardest division in baseball, 
Honestly, I disagree, Keith. Yes, he strikes out a lot. Absolutely does. Right. But he's an all and And by the way, John Carlos Stanton can prove he can hit in the playoffs. He's proven it. How many runs did he score? Did they score? Um, Carlos Correa, 70, yeah, 70 runs scored last year. And how many did... Run scored. I don't know. 53. 53, I think it is. Run scored. Yep, 53. 53. 53. And remember, John Stanton only played in 110 games. He missed 52 games. That's a lot. And he had 31 home runs. If John Stanton played 30 more games, how many home runs does he get? 45? How many RBIs does he hit? 110? Uh, hundred, probably, yeah, something between 110, 115? Yeah. yeah. Probably hits a little bit higher than 211. I probably... I mean, yeah, batting average is tough to go up and down. It's, it, 240? It, 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 I don't know if it's going to have better. He's going to have a better batting average of this course. year and no shifting. He's going to have so, a better batting average just of natural honestly, To say that you... Yeah. I, if, if you would ask me right now, who would I want? And I'm not saying because I'm a Yankee fan. I'm taking Giancarlo Stanton. I'm taking a guy that's going to get me more RBIs. I'm going to get more home runs. He's going to do more. Now, the Yankees, they had one of the best defensive teams in baseball. It doesn't matter what he does in the outfield. They're two different positions. It matters what Carlos Correa does at third base. Right. It also depends on what you need, too. If you need a shortstop, yeah, you're going to take Correa. If you need a, just a pure yes, power Carl, hitter. Car- yes. Carl- Carlos Correa is a better average hitter, Keith. 110%. That doesn't make him better. Who walks more? Who walks more? Yeah, that's going to come with the strikeouts, too. That, that's the other benefit, Keith. You're, you're just, Who has a better on-base percentage? So it depends on what you want in a player. If you're going for a pure hitter, yes, yeah, Stan's definitely better, no question. Uh, I, yeah, I'd take Correa, he says again, Correa's much better average hitter. On-base percentage? But again, on-base percentage is the other thing to factor in, though, too, because Stanton draws some intentional walks, too, and they're, they're going to value that more. Yeah. It depends on what your team is looking for, Keith. It, it, is it one player to build a franchise around, or is it just trying to fill a need on a team? And that's, that's the thing you got to judge. The Yankees, they they have a lot of power. If John Carlos so. Stanton plays 162 games and Carlos Correa plays in 162 games and we put up a, a pick on who would you rather, I'm willing to bet most people will tell you. I, I'd say a higher percentage would say uh, John Carlos Stanton. Just because of the power and what he you know obviously could put out there offensively for the Yankees. By the way, uh, Jeff has returned. <laughs> Jeff, what's up, man? Errol, $26 million is not a lot for a DH. J.D. Martinez was just making 25 for the last uh, four or five years with the Red Sox. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And in, tw- in 10 years, as salaries begin to rise, that $26 million a year that he's getting is going to look like nothing. Nothing. As a DH, I, I doubt that's going to be nothing. What do you – I mean – J.D. Martinez was just getting 25. J.D. Martinez was an outfielder before they moved him to the D.H. position. And, right. and J.D. And, Martinez... Right, right, J- right. J.D. You're talking, yeah. about, you're talking about the last six years of his career uh, being a D.H., right? That's what, you, that, that's what J.D. Martinez yeah. was because mm-hmm. he couldn't play the outfield. So that he's going to play third base or somewhere in the infield second. Who cares where it is? He's playing in the infield for the first six years at $26 million a year. That's a great value. That's going to be incredible value, 36, 37, 38 years old. I just don't it, think – I, I don't think he's staying healthy. I don't think he's staying healthy. <clears throat> well, look, I mean, we don't know, right? And that, you may end up being right about that, but lots of guys don't stay healthy. 
Look at look at look at Donaldson paying him twenty million dollars a year, and he was hurt. He every, signed a two year. He signed a two year deal, and, and, and I mean, he didn't sign a two year. They traded. They traded for him. Twenty two million a year. I understand that, and they could they could drop him and pay him out. But they they they're thinking right now they bring him back this year. If they want to drop him, they drop him. They they have just, they have a pretty good third saying, base prospect. They can move Cabrera there. All I'm saying to you is in 10 years, $26 million is, is not going to look like a lot of money. First of all, it's not a lot of money now. Bogart's just got $28 million a year. He's you a better player. He's staying, you, dude, he's also older. You think he's staying healthy for that? I understand that. I I, I I like I like Bogart's better than I like uh, you know somebody like Carlos Correa. And, and Carlos Correa... As good and and I Donaldson does suck. By the way, Keith, I agree with you. I think everybody agrees that Donaldson sucks, and I don't care what the Yankees tell me and they're trying to feed me and try to sell me that he's going to have a better season. Who cares? That's that's not the argument that I was making. Whether he sucks or not, I'm just saying he got, he's getting 22 million, and you look at the 22 million as as nothing. Let me ask you a question. Well, Let me ask you a question. All you. right, I got it. I got it. I got it. It's great. It's it's a great con. That's contract. fine. That's fine. Okay, what what happens in five years in the prime of his career? The Mets do not win a championship with Carlos Correa after paying him that kind of money. What do they you do will. then? They're, they're spending too much money. They will. I believe that my New York Mets will win a win a championship. I I disagree because the Mets. I, I, we have seen teams spend a lot of money and they never get over the hump. Never. I I I get what you're saying, but they'll they'll probably end up making the playoffs because we see this. They'll make year, the playoffs, right? of course, 100. percent Right, and when they make the playoffs, they're not even the best team in a division, by the way. Well, well we don't know that either. They're not. You gotta you gotta play the games. Okay. You don't know who's getting called up or who's. Hey, look, you're arguing who gets hurt. Bryce Harper gets hurt every other week. The yeah, Mets, the Mets choke, play. Jeff. The Mets choke in the second half of the season all the time, all the time. Yeah, that's that's true, but. We see it all the time when we come to the playoffs. Because I made this argument again this past year with Speedy. Who cares what the Keith, back end of your I'm your, sorry. your fifth, your Je- fourth or fifth stars look like? Because you're not, they're not pitching in the playoffs. Je- you're Je- going to have to have three pitchers. Um, by the way, Keith says the Mets are going to be favorites to win this year. No, they're not. <clears throat> no, they're not. Actually, even getting Carlos Correa, they're not even in the top five right now. So and the Braves are going to be worse. Yes, the Braves just keep losing guys. Yes, they lost one. They lost Dan's B. Swanson. A big player. A big player. Yeah, they they lost they they got a great farm system and they got two good shortstops in their farm system. You can say farm system all you want. I know, because you don't know what they are. I understand. I understand, Jeff. You're not gonna sell me in what what I already know, okay? So it's probably the Mets and the Phillies for the East. And even if you don't win that division, you're probably still making the playoffs. No, they're making the playoffs. I I just I'm not going to bet on. It's all about the noise you make when you're in the playoffs. Yeah, they have sure. senior citizens pitching for them, so good luck on that. It doesn't matter. They're still really good pitchers. They okay. still. You can call him a senior citizen all you want. Verlander just won a Cy Young award. All right, so let me ask you. First of all, he's pitching on a young rotation. He didn't have to. He, he's going what to have to. Matter? He's because he's going to have him? to pitch more. They don't have any depth like the the Houston Astros have. They don't have the depth. Who's their third? Who's their third and fourth guy right now? Katina, Katina, Katana. I mean, they've got nothing for their fourth and fifth guys, so they got to depend that Scherzer and Verlander are going to be able to pitch thirty games this year. That's not happening. The offseason and their bullpen sucks. Look, let me let me just say this to you as well, right? Because as a Yankees fan, oh god, please, this This has nothing to do with it. No, you should nothing to do with it. No, it 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 
it's relevant. Oh, yeah. Did you think Nestor Cortez was a good pitcher going into – now, listen, Nestor Cortez was a great pitcher last year. Going into last year, were you like, oh, we have Nestor Cortez? Speedy – no, I I thought Nestor was an 11 or 12 win type of pitcher. Right, and he pitched great. So guys can't over. How many wins did he have this year? 13? what happens with the Mets. I, I, no, he was a twenty-win guy. I no, think. no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was because he was hurt in the second no, he of the season and kind of he regressed a little at the, right before the All Star because break. he pitched a, a lot of innings. He was twelve and four, two point four four ERA, and I predict and I predicted him to win eleven or twelve games. One hundred sixty-three strikeouts, point nine two two whip. Now, did I think his I mean, whip was going to be that? Did I think? No, nobody. Uh, no, I didn't think he was. And, and he and being the third guy, it's less pressure on. I think he's going to be even better this year. Right, but so let's give some of the Mets guys a chance to have a season like that instead of just burying them and saying, oh, they can't do it before the season even starts. I just, I, I think they're highly overrated. And, I think and, that's and, fair. Oh. I, think, I think I'm being fair. And listen, that wasn't a knock on the Yankees, and I'm not bashing the Yankees. But I'm not talking that, about the Yankees. You, I understand that. I'm making a point. I got it. You don't want to take the point. I got it. I got the point. Going into last year, you didn't. You didn't care about Nestor. He wasn't even on your radar. Maybe the Mets have some of those guys that aren't even on your radar yet. Who? Give me a pitcher. Give me a starting pitcher right now that's in your radar. Peterson? I don't know who's there. He's not there Peterson anymore. Peterson and McGill. No, he's still there. Oh, he's still there. Yeah, Peterson's Peterson. still there and McGill. McGill. Those are the fringe guys right now. Because yeah, McGill's the, got the potential. Quintana's going to be in the rotation. Sengel will be in the rotation. And then it's really those two at the end. Peterson has a better chance than McGill. Hey, there's another one. Senga, they just got the dude from Japan. No one's even seen his stuff. Uh, no, I think, guys, I think he'll, he, he's the guy that will have a good season this year and then fall off after that, like all the yeah, Japanese well, pitchers. All the, yeah, all the guys that come over right away have success because no one's seen any of their stuff. Yep. Sure. No one. Mm-hmm. Right, so he could potentially have a pretty good season, potentially have a pretty good season for them. There's your third guy. I'm sure they'll get someone in a trade or something. That's I what I know, wanted Nate them to do earlier in the offseason. Hey, yet. Nate Evaldi, I think, is still floating around out he there. He is, yeah. Probably Nate Evaldi cheap. Yeah, he is. And th- that'll give him a little versatility. They're not versatility. getting Nate Evaldi. They're not paying him. If they do that, that'll give him a little versatility for to, to transition Peterson or McGill into a part-time starter, part-time bullpen role, which is fine for what they are. But, again, the Mets have to still find some versatile guys in that bullpen, too. They brought back Adovino, which was nice. They traded for Brooks Raley, which I like. But they still need a little more. I think Evaldi's yeah, going to go to the Twins. Brooks another pretty good pitcher. Who? Brooks Raley is another Yeah, I like that move a lot because he's the versatile lefty they really needed badly last year and they didn't ever trade it for. Mm. Right, and, and you know, the other thing with this team is it's a give and take, right? It's a yin and yang here, right? Where uh, you're going to score more runs so you don't necessarily need your pitchers to throw shutouts every time. Like, they needed DeGrom to throw a shutout every time because they gave him no run support. Well, yeah. That's probably not going to be That's probably not going to be the case with a lineup that's got – a pretty good middle of the order there. Mm. No, Scherzer gets plenty of run support. I don't have to worry about that. The question is what the rest of their pitchers will say. And the consistency of the Mets have to be better. Because like Errol was saying, the, the second half collapses are still not ideal for that kind of thing. I want to get off of baseball because we have a lot of – we have a... Yeah, let's talk Jets. Let's talk Jets. I love that game on Sunday. All right. Did you see that game? Jeff, Jeff, we're, we're, you could call back. I want to finish. Motor I want to have my mono. Thank you, Jeff. Motor City Kitty. Goodbye, Jeff, Jeff. I didn't want them to win. Goodbye, Jeff. Why not? Goodbye, Jeff. Because the, they're chasing the Giants, the Lions. I can't root for them Goodbye, right now. Jeff. Hey, hey, uh, Thank I you for calling. I the Giants to win. Did you guys pick the Giants to win? I didn't. I I, did. I, no, I didn't. Who did I pick? See? No, you, you picked Commanders. No, oh, okay. No, nope, Jeff was the only one who picked the Giants. He's right yeah. about that. That's right. Winning streak, baby. Goodbye, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, ladies and gentlemen, who doesn't really 
let out or let off on anything that he says. But getting to the Jets, and I, I did want to get into this, and we'll, like always, we probably won't get to the Week 15 recap, but I know a lot of people will sit here and, and go back and forth on, on what we saw on, on Sunday with the Jets, okay? And honestly, if the Jets' defense didn't choke at the end of the game, they're going into, what is it, week 15? 16. 16, yeah. 8 and 6, and have a ch- they have a chance to take over, maybe be a 5, five seed or a, maybe even close to a 4 seed by the end of this week. But now they've fallen. They're at seven and seven. The pa- the Patriots obviously have the you know uh, what you tie- the tiebreaker. The yes, they have the tiebreaker. The the Chargers have the tiebreaker. So now you sit back and you wonder where the Jets are going to go into this game against the Jaguars tomorrow. This is so very. The Jets have to win back to back to back games. They have to win three games in a row for them to even have a shot. Now, if they win three games in a row, they get into the playoffs. I absolutely believe it. Ten wins will get them into the playoffs because I believe that the Patriots are not going to win ten games. I believe the uh, I I I can't see even though the Chargers have the easiest schedule. I think they're going to lose one of these games and maybe two of these games and and fall. They'll fall short of ten. You know, so I I don't know. Tennessee looks like they're horrible. It looks like they're dying down. Well, they're the division. They're not gonna yeah, but I'm just saying the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. They have to win this week for them to have a shot. Right. And uh, so it's a, an important game for Jacksonville as well. I agree. I agree with the whole Robert Sala thing at the end of the game, calling you know Jet fans instant coffee. That's what he said. He says uh, Jet fans are acting like this is instant coffee. Like he has a bad game, he get they suck. He sucks. He has a good game, he he's all right. Nobody and over the last, I would say, going into the season, Jeff fans were upset when he hurt his knee in the Eagles game. Up oh, the season's over, season's done. Now all of a sudden, Mike White comes in and he plays against let's let's be except the Buffalo Bills, two subpar teams. Okay, I don't trust Minnesota. And by the way, the Jets should have won that Minnesota game. They were six times in the red zone. Six! They scored one touchdown. That's because of play calling. That has nothing to do with quarterback play, and I'm not blaming Mike White. But their their, their defense is horrible. Does Zach Wilson win that game? Honestly, if Zach Wilson played in that game, they would have run him in, and they would have scored that touchdown, and they would have won the game. That's my opinion. They would have won the game. I told that to Eric. Eric Martinez says, ah, rah, rah, rah. you're Zach Wilson. I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. I'm just speaking the truth. Minnesota has problems stopping running quarterbacks. Just like the Eagles. Just like the Bills. It's been a big problem for those three teams. And by the way, all three of them, elite teams. Now, I don't know what Zach Wilson is. Is he the future? Probably not. Obviously, Salah believes it. Joe Douglas still believes it in what they're saying. They think that they, he still needs a little bit more time to develop. And yes, the Jet fans and the Jet players don't like him. We have heard that before with other quarterbacks. How many times have we heard fans and players hate Aaron Rodgers? How many times? Because he doesn't treat his family right. And he doesn't treat women right. All the crap that you hear. Now, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he is. 
I, <laughs> not even close. But how do we know what he is if the fans don't give him a chance to obviously understand the game for what it is? The speed of the game, the ability of the game, to, to go out there and show up in the middle of a game when, he, when the time comes. And by the way, he did show up at the end of that game. He did throw that 40-yard or what, a 35-yard pass that get him into field goal range. That was Robert Sala's fault that he didn't use his timeouts with one minute and 30 seconds left of the game. Now, Robert Sala took responsibility for that. He said he should have, and he he wanted to take it down to one minute, and he was going to use his timeouts. It was a big mistake because it would have given the Jets at least 25, 30 seconds to make another play after the fact. Would have put him in better field goal range and probably would have taken him to the, the, the overtime and maybe won. Maybe. There is a maybe. But it still would have given a chance to win. So the loss wasn't on Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson threw one bad interception in the second quarter. It was horrible. And he admitted to it. It was a horrible interception. It only gave them three points. Three And everybody's going to say, well, those three points cost the Jets the game because they lost by three. No. They lost by three because they were up by four with, what was it, two minutes and 30 seconds left of the game, and they were on the 50-yard line. You had three timeouts. They had one. They had one. And they get a 50-yarder from a tight end you've never even heard of. That was terrible defense. You you want to speak about elite defenses? How do you give a tight end you've never... It's not TJ Hawkinson. What's the kid's name? Davis? Mike Wright. Mike Wright. Right, there you go. I don't even know what his name is. He's a rookie. I think like a six-round pick or something. <laughs> he gets a 50-yard touchdown. And obviously, Quincy Williams, who's one of the faster linebackers in the league, he couldn't catch him. Are you kidding me? Mosley had a chance to tackle him. Every single one of them, their safeties, had a chance to tackle him. Yeah, they had one guy that broke a tackle. He broke one guy's tackle. Then the other guy ran into the blocker. It was just so stupid on so many angles. They lost the game because of coaching and defense at the end of the game. It wasn't Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson did what he was supposed to do. Get them in field goal range. 50 yards, it's a chip shot. A chip shot for Greg the Lake, who's, by the by the way, probably going to make the Pro Bowl this year. He's one of the best kickers in the league again. At the age of 34, I think, his age. To sit here and say that they didn't, that Zach didn't put him in position, they lost. Is it Zach's fault that they missed the field goal? No! Now, that, does that mean I thought Zach played a fantastic game? He made mistakes. He was 50% of his throwing. It's not what you call a fantastic game, but it was enough to win. And if you could do enough to win. Now, everybody remembers what uh, our friend Mike White did against Buffalo. And yes, they're a better defense. They are. All right? They haven't been really that good for the last couple of years, the last couple of weeks. But Mike White put up, what, 265 yards and what was it, one interception in that game? He hurt his ribs. He came back. Everybody... Zach Wilson threw 295 yards. He threw one touchdown, right? Two yeah, touchdowns. 317 yards, two, two touchdowns. touchdowns, one pick. One pick. Yeah. He had a better game than Mike White. But everybody forgets that because Mike White is the new second coming of Joe Namath. 
It doesn't make sense. You can't sit here right now and tell me that it was it was all Zach Wilson's fault. It wasn't. Could he have played better in certain quarters? Yeah, he could have. He played better. And to sit here and attack him that he's no good or he didn't play good, Mike White, if he put those numbers up, Mike White's the best. He, he would have been awesome. It's great. He lost the game. They lost the game. They would have blamed the defense. They would have blamed the coaching. Nobody would have blamed Mike White. Nobody. Am I right? Speedy, am I right? Probably. Yeah, the, the way the way the fans overreact, yeah, that's not surprising. Now, Zach Wilson had a, a couple tough deep throws that he was able to hit, and I, I think he a threw lot of, a fifty yarder, yeah. a forty yarder, a thirty yarder, and a twenty yarder mm-hmm. in that one game. Yeah. Now, th- I think the decision making is still a little questionable at certain points in that game. There were definitely times it looked like the other extreme where he was holding the ball too long and then ended up trying to throw it on tight window throws to the sideline, and that that was something that hurt him in the third quarter, why the Jets had a tough time scoring then. And the fourth quarter, I thought he played better. That's when he had a lot of those big plays. Garrett Wilson made that great catch. Yep. And that I there definitely were flashes that you saw that what Zach Wilson could do. And I, I just think he had the other extreme where sometimes he releases it too quick to the first read and then it gets intercepted and the short throws he missed. But I think he did a better job spreading the ball around. So there's some good things to like from Zach Wilson. Whether it creates the culture of the locker room, I'm not sure. That's always a, an unknown. I understand that some of the players might not like him because he didn't take responsibility when they lost against the Patriots. Did he play a good game? No. Was the play calling good? It was horrible. And everybody keeps saying if Mike White played in those games, they would have won. I, how do you know? How do you know? I, I don't think if the passing game would have It's just like me anyway. saying that if the if the Jets, if the if, if if Zach Wilson played against Minnesota, how do I know that? I just predict that. Right. They might have thrown two interceptions. Yeah, 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 yeah he could have. Yeah. Or maybe he could have ran it in. It, it would have been easier for him to run it in because he's more athletic than Mike White. Yeah. But either way, I, I, the, the Jets just beat themselves in that game with the uh, like Jeff mentioned in the comments, the uh, the special teams touchdown, the punt return hurt them, and then them getting pinned back so far the way they did, and then also just the bad tackling on that fourth down. I think that's what cost him more. It was more fundamentally sound stuff than it was actual like talent game planning thing because the Jets. Through 317 yards, yes, Detroit's defense isn't great, but they're definitely better in recent weeks. And defensively themselves, yeah, they allowed 76 yards to St. Brown, but St. Brown has had 100 yards in pretty much every game this year, so they limited him for what his standards are. And they were just not a great on third down, just bad with some fundamental stuff. So I don't think the passing game really lost in the game either way. I think when you sit back and you try to understand where the Jets are at the quarterback position, you're not going to know until Joe Douglas at the end of the season makes his assessment. It's his decision, not Robert Sala, not the coaching. And I know everybody keeps saying, oh, I'll have to sit down with the Joe Douglas will know and he will make the final decisions if Zach Wilson's the guy or he he has to give him another year. He might give him another year, sit in the bench and bring in a veteran quarterback and let him sit behind him for a couple of games or for the rest of the season next year and then get Zach Wilson back out there again. He'll still be in his rookie contract and they still have control of him. They could do that. Now, I don't know what they're planning to do and I don't know where the Jets are at if they make the playoffs or they don't make the playoffs. But I will say this. Mike White is not the answer. Mike White isn't the franchise. And for any Jet fan who's going to sit here, like Eric Martini or anybody, all these fans, the Josh Silverbergs, everybody reaching out to tell me that uh, if Mike White played, they had a better chance of winning. You don't know that. And to sit here and to say that he did, if Mike White threw 295 yards, if Mike White threw two touchdowns and one interception, if Mike White did that, there wouldn't have been point, points, you know, fingers pointed at Mike White. It would have been defense play like crap and the, the coaching was horrible. It was horrendous at the end of the game. I am so done with listening to Jet fans as a Jet fan. I'm so listening to, and then say that, oh, you attacked the Jet fans. 
I'm a Jet fan, but I'm a realist. I'm a realist. I If I think the Jets suck, they stink. If, if I think the Jets played a good game, well, then they played a good game. But honestly, it was a mediocre game because they had a chance to win the game. They had, they, they took, the, he took the ball all the way down. They scored a touchdown. That was Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson did that trick, that, that trick at the, at, at the one yard line all the way to Uzma, Uzma mm-hmm. Usama. It was him. Nobody gives him credit for that. And then they come all the way down with three minutes left of the game and score with a tight end you never even heard of. But that's Zach Wilson's fault because he holds the ball too long or because the offensive line can't hold on to you know, or, or anybody. And listen, Gary Wilson has a right to co- complain about some of the passes. Some of them were horrible. Uh, Elijah Moore has a problem. Why are you doing it on the field? Why are you embarrassing your quarterback? You're a professional football player. Why are you going out there and embarrassing your young quarterback? He apologized. He made a mistake. You don't like him. That's tough. He is the franchise right now until otherwise, until said that he isn't. And I love what Robert Sala said. He says he came from Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll always said, Matt Flynn, he brought up Matt Flynn. Mm-hmm. And he brought, brought up Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was the better player. Is Even though we thought Matt Flynn was a good enough quarterback to play and, and win with, we brought in Russell Wilson because he's the better quarterback. He said, no matter what, the better quarterback will play. And I believe that. I really believe that Robert Sala still believes that Zach Wilson's the better quarterback. He could do more and can win games more with certain aspects of his game, the strengths of his game, moving inside and out of the pocket. Is he a good pocket present quarterback? He's not. Is Mike White better? Yes, he is. But Mike White can't do what Zach Wilson can. And in, in, in a playoff game or in, in a big part of the game, and we'll see on Thursday when he's playing Trevor Lawrence, when it comes down to when it comes down to pass rushing and guys getting to the quarterback, can he make the play? Can he move inside of the out of the pocket and make the throw? If he does it, the Jets win. Nobody's going to give Zach Wilson any credit, even if Zach Wilson throws 250 yards and two two touchdowns and no interceptions. They are still going to be calling for Mike White because there's some kind of love fest for this guy. Some kind of love fest for this guy. I don't know what it is. He's not the franchise quarterback. I don't want to hear from the Jet fans anymore. I don't want to hear from New York sports anymore. He's making himself a lot of money. It won't be for the Jets, and it won't be with the Jets. Watch Mike White go to the Panthers at this rate. This is uh, for the other Jets quarterbacks at this rate. Uh, Keith says uh, Mike White obviously isn't a number one quarterback, or he would have been by now. Uh, I think he's he's been waived by the Jets five times. Five times he's been off the Jets team, and the Jets have brought him back from waivers. So many teams could have picked him up, picked him up. Even last year, his run last year, he was waived by the Jets. He was waived. The Jets brought him back. Why didn't other teams give him a you know give him a chance? Because they all know he's one-dimensional. You can't win with one-dimensional quarterbacks anymore. The only ones that can is really Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, who actually is mobile. Yeah, he's semi-mobile. Yeah, he's. I would say this is this is the first Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I was Kirk, Kirk Cousins is the only veteran quarterback that's probably met or exceeded his expectations this year, both from a win perspective for the team and for his own numbers. And. The rest of the teams that have playoff spots right now or are having individual success with their quarterbacks are young, young quarterbacks, dual threats. <sighs> uh, J- uh, Keith also says that I think he'd rather have neither one of them as his number one quarterback. No. You don't really have a choice right now. The trade no. deadline passed already. If you would ask me right now, who would I rather? 
I'm going to take the guy that you drafted two years ago because I expect him to figure it out. I think he will. I don't know if he'll figure it out now. I don't know if he'll figure it out next year or the year after. Jeff and me were talking, speaking about it off air uh, a couple of days ago, and he said that you put him on the bench, and eventually he'll figure it out. They always do. And with his ability and his athletic ability, maybe that's true. Maybe Jeff is finally right about that. I don't know. He's not right about most, but he's right about that. Uh, Keith also says Burrow is amazing and Cousins gets a bad rap. Yeah, we've we've stuck up for Cousins for years because he's gotten a bad Always rap. Always like Joe Burrows. Yeah, of course. Uh, Joe Burrow Joe Burrow, mentally and physically tough and also, again, very well-rounded as a quarterback, too. Uh, Wilson, yes, Wilson does have a great arm, and he showcased his great arm in this game, too. A lot of his wow plays have were on When that. he moves outside of – and here's the thing, and I, this is what I'm going to say to the coaching staff because Mike LaFleur is an idiot. Okay, I think he's the biggest jackass when it comes to offensive coordinators in all of football. If you know this guy is good in play action and moving inside out of the pocket and, and make, using his legs to throw the ball and give his, his wide receivers time to open up and find ways, why aren't you running your offense through that? The Baltimore Ravens, they built their offense through running the ball with Lamar Jackson and giving him easy throws and easy ways to, to use his wide receivers in slant plays and short passes. You, they know that that was the only way they can win with Lamar Jackson. Why aren't they doing that with him? Well, yeah, that, that's the other thing I was talking about earlier with the inconsistent running game. Too, Why? Is Detroit did a great job taking out the running game. He's too, fast. So He's one that. of the better scramblers in, in the league. He does hold the, hold the ball a little long. But if he can move inside and out of the pocket and do the things that he has done in the games when he needs to show up, why not? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson had that problem earlier in his career, too, when he did hold the ball a little longer than he should have as well. But they didn't also incorporate the play action the same no, way. No, because they had a great running game. They had a great running game up until 2015 Marshawn Lynch. with Marshawn Lynch getting hurt then. And then it took him a while to get And the back. defense was a beast. Well, yeah, of course. But in 2015, that was the first year Russell Wilson really peaked for his statistical numbers to look like a top 10 quarterback where he had that monster second half. Doug Baldwin had that monster second half. And that was the first year in 2015 you could say that Seattle, I wouldn't say it was carried by their passing game, but their passing game was actually a lot more useful for getting them into the playoffs that year. And Russell Wilson did a lot with play action when he learned how to throw that. Now, Zach Wilson, I'm not saying he has to release the ball quickly all the time, but he has to be in rhythm with that offense. He does, and that has something to do with coaching. That has something to do with the offensive coordinator. and has something to do with Robert Sala putting him in a position to succeed, not fail. And, and what happened, he admitted, Robert Sala admitted, the reason why they failed in that game was the play calling, was the, the timeouts in the last minute. And he took responsibility oh, yeah. for that. It was not Zach Wilson. He needed to make a throw. He made the throw. The field goal kicker and Zerline Greg the leg missed the field goal kick. So blame Zach because he missed the field goal kick. It is a horrible take. It really is. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what... Boomer says, I don't care what anybody, you know, Evan Roberts or anybody around the country on attacking him that he's not the guy. We don't know if he's the guy until we figure out what he is as an offensive player and what this offense can run behind him. They have not done it. They have not proved it. And that's the problem right now. We don't know what they are. We know what their defense is. We know they're elite. We know they could play. We know they could play with anybody. But here's the thing. When it came down to third downs, how many times does the Jets give up Third and fives and give them that first down. Right. How many times have they done that? Every single week against the bad teams, even teams that the Minnesota, they did that so many times in that game. They had a chance to shut down Minnesota and keep them off the board. And every single time, 
third and five, third and six, third and seven. That defense, that elite defense, yep. is giving them that first down. You cannot do that against these teams, especially teams that are in a playoff race. And it didn't seem like there were adjustments there either. They're only <laughs> overall five for fifteen on third down, but. Between both DeAndre Swift and Justin Jackson, both of them had teams to convert key third downs. And then even their slot receivers, too. Josh, uh, Khalif Raymond, too. Third down conversions a lot in that fourth quarter. And that was a, that was a big difference as well. Uh, and as Keith said, yes, he's a great coach who had a bad game. Yes. And I think the clock management is mostly on him as well because they wasted 15 seconds even earlier in the drive, too, when they converted third down. Uh, on the first pass to Garrett Wilson, too. So it's horrible. It was combined 30 seconds. It that is were not. Lost. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to blame Zach Wilson for that loss. It, could he have done better? Could he have played a little bit better? Yeah, anybody could play a little bit better. What he did at the end of the game was put his team in position to win the game. If it was anybody else, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and they kick that field goal and they take it over the. It's amazing! Unbelievable throw by Zach Wilson. Nobody said it. You know why? Because nobody likes him. Because of what happened. What happened in that Patriots game at the end of the game? Not taking responsibility. He is hated by everybody because of it. And it's a shame. It's an absolute shame. So mm-hmm. um, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back. Tomorrow at 9 p.m. Who do we have on tomorrow? The return at 10 o'clock of Mr. Ryan Spader. No. <laughs> Ryan's coming on? He will be coming on awesome. at 10. And then um, he's not sure yet if he can come on at uh, uh, Jordan Elliott, the 49ers guy we had on at the beginning of yep. the year, uh, the one that you thought you scared away. He might be coming on. He's, he's fl- I did scare him he's away. Flying, he's flying to Denver uh, today, actually. So he'll, he's uh, tired. Whether he's joining is still to be determined, but he said he might be able to come on if he could. Jordan was also very sick for a while. He was dealing with COVID a couple weeks ago as well. So oh. glad he's feeling better. So he so might come on. If not, we'll have him on before the playoffs. We'd, like yeah. we'd like to apologize that LeVar Arrington could not make it yeah. for the death of his friend, uh, Mr. Harris. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Harris family, Hall of Famer, one of the better defensive players that we could remember uh, passing away, to, uh, well, yesterday. Uh, at the age of how old? I think he was 72. 72. Was, yeah. So terrible. We will have uh, LeVar Arrington probably on in the next week or in the new year. I'm sure he'll come on the show. So. Yeah. He was actually uh, very appreciative of our comments as well about Franco Harris as well. Absolutely. And uh, we like LeVar, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting him on the show and interviewing him and talking about his career in Penn State and um, and going to the, the NCAA Hall of Fame, too. Yes. He's going to be nominated or he was just nominated to go to the Hall of Fame. So one of the better linebackers of uh, of all time in college football history. Three-time pro bowler. Uh, could have been one of the greats uh, if he wasn't playing for that crummy Washington team, if you ask me. But that's just my opinion. Uh, we'll ask him what he has to say after uh, well, when we get him on the show. Um, thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Danny. Thank you to everybody. that Who else? Uh, Kenny! Kenny for calling the show. Uh, thank you to all the fans that listen to us. We really appreciate you guys. Listen to the show at 9 p.m. Well, uh, Derek, maybe we'll get Derek Mountain on the show tomorrow. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's going to be a great one. Three hours, 9 to 12 o'clock at midnight. It, it's going to be fun. Uh, so you like what you hear tonight. Uh, I'm sure you're going to like what you hear tomorrow if you're a new listener. Uh, thank you to all the fans that keep listening to us and, and listening to our network. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.